Greetings, ghouls and goblins, to another exciting episode of Freaky Friday, proudly brought to you by Freak Productions. To uh, support the cause of my comic book and novel journey, go to www.freekproductions.com and grab yourself some sweet reading materials, or you can leave a donation and support the cause. All donations from here on in will get their name mentioned in upcoming issues or releases to uh, say thank you. So without further ado, episode three of Freaky Flicks. This is an epic one. If you can make it to the end of this episode, I salute you. And you should, because there's no boring content in this episode. This is a good one. We cover some serious ground on this. We talk about the, the our mutual love of uh, US industrial rockers stabbing westward and their new album, Chasing Ghosts. It is a musical masterpiece. Uh, we also talk about a little bit about um, social media, of course. We talk about the wonderful world of Twitter and everything else that revolves around it and the pros and cons. Uh, we also discuss uh, the debate about what is actually industrial music. We don't get into a debate mode about it, but we just have a, a generous chuckle or two about it. So yeah, enjoy that one. Before we get deep into uh, our movie of topic this week, Brightburn, phenomenal movie, and we're gonna tell you why. There's a few spoilers in there, but uh, you know the drill. Uh, we also talk about the new Moon Knight TV series. Um, we touch on a bit about the news of the Crow reboot, as well as uh, our thoughts about uh, our anticipation to see Morbius. So it's all there in this episode. And uh, it's a long one, so grab some popcorn, grab a few drinks, sit back, relax, and let us take you on a ride into our Freaky Friday. Enjoy this episode, proudly brought to you by Jake Reedy and myself, Jesse Drackman, uh, your rad hosts, keeping it freaky. <laughs> Enjoy. More Transylvanian, but I sucked. Yeah, I was I was going for Russian. I, well, I maybe I'm anticipating Putin taking over the fucking world. That could maybe. be a thing. Could I'm be a thing. Trying so, to trying to talk like the natives so I fit in. So it's probably a good idea if we talk like this and go, "Hello, comrade, and welcome to Freaky Fridays, rock and roll, hippie hippie shite shite." <laughs> How's that? Uh, man, if I'd known we were going to do this, I would have like pulled out my copy of Red Heat and prepared. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think Pata keeps his feminine? <laughs> Get to the chopper! No. <laughs> oh, dude. Fuck, man. If we ever do a Terminator episode, because someone actually asked me on Instagram about us doing like Terminator and Robocop, I'm like, if we ever do a Terminator episode or any Arnie episode, it's going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah, we're so doing it, dude. Thank you. Yeah, there, there, there is no movie that's uh, not within our reach, dude. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, so, I, I, I got a really good like 
response on Instagram about the podcast. I saw so, that. So, well like, done. What the fuck? Well <laughs> like, done. Like, Holy shit. Are- yeah. People are listening to this fucking thing. I know. I was like, dude, what are you paying these people? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, well done, man. Pat on the back, high five, gold star and all that jazz. That's cool. Yeah, I was I was kind of like, wow, okay. You, you, you love me. You really love us. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's awesome. Does that mean we can retire and, and um, go into a Scarface like friggin' villa of oh, excess fuck, man, cocaine? I wish. Like, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, just that, send us a dollar each. Just a dollar. <laughs> just that's a dollar. Like, hard. if there's that many of you, just send me a dollar. I actually was thinking, like, once, because uh, I saw how many Twitter followers I have, and I'm just like, uh-huh. man, fuck, if you guys gave me like five bucks each, yeah. I'd, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty good. Let me ask you, Jake. And by the way, welcome, uh, welcome, Jake. Um, awesome episode. What is it? Episode three of episode Freaky three. Friday. Three, yeah, three, dude. three. We're half evil. We're halfway to evil. Yeah. Um, I want, I want to ask you, dude. What's your, what's your viewpoint on Twitter? Without getting too deep in the rabbit hole of um, madness. Like, do you, do you have a love hate relationship with it? Do you think it's a, it's a, a good vessel? to connect I, look, man there's you know there's some stuff where i think twitter's fucking great where it's like you can i've i've spoken to um like comic artists mm-hmm. and directors and um you know writers and stuff like that and gotten responses from them and that's really fucking cool but i i guess i think twitter's like any social media it can be yeah. really awesome or it can be really shit i feel the same way dude yeah. Um, like, yeah, I just think it's like, it, it can be so cool. And it's like, I can't, I can't decry social media. Cause it's like, you know, I've connected with some really cool, I'm, you and me yeah. met via social media. Crazy, um, huh? You know, I know it's weird. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm, I've actually marked it on the calendar. I'm going to get you an anniversary present next year. No um, way. <clears throat> so yeah, cool. totes. <laughs> I, I'll have to mark it in my calendar. So you have to message me the date. Yeah, yeah, the, the the exact date. Actually, this is all Kim's fault, so you know. You can blame Good her. on you, Kim. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I, I think like social media can be really fucking good, like Twitter, Facebook, Insta, and stuff like yeah. that. But it can also be incredibly shit. Um, I think it all depends on like what you sort of limit your circle to. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I kind of look at it like it's a Pandora's box. You know, it's it's. Yeah, it's it's like the Hellraiser catchphrase. What is it? Uh, angel to some, uh, demon devil, to others. Yeah, demon to others. It's it's like that for me. I I look at it like that. It's like if if you live in a world where you're happy to just post puppy pictures and uh, look at me with my ice chocolate latte. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, all, and, my smashed uh, avo toast. Yeah, you know all that sort of hippie hippie crazy bullshit. Um, cool. Thumbs up to you. But then. If you're kind of like you and me, where you're going, hey, look, um, we are starving artists trying to get our work out there to the generation of readers that hopefully exist. Um, please read our stuff, yeah, you know, or, or listen to our podcast. And you kind of occasionally hear grasshoppers, or you get a few likes, or I, I don't know. It, it I don't know. I, I feel really weird about the whole thing. I I kind of look at social media like. Um, like particularly Facebook and Insta and stuff like that, I, I kind of view it as um, 
like I take a bit of a Howard Stern approach to it. Like I'm just going to be authentically real all the time. Yeah, best like way to be. good, good or bad. Like if I'm having a fucking shit day, and I also kind of look at it as a bit of a journal as well. Yeah, where it's like you know, like a year later, like you know, you get those you know, this time last year fucking <laughs> things on Facebook. Yeah. You can look back and go, fuck, man, like, you know, mm. that was a really good mm. day or holy mm. fuck, that was a bad time. I'm mm-hmm. glad I got out of that. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of look at it like that. And yeah, I mean, I know, you know, there's probably some people out there who are like, oh, fuck me. He's talking about the fucking thing again. Like, Jesus, knock it off. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I just figure like, you know what, man, fuck it. I'm posting for me. And if people dig it, cool. And if they don't, well, you know what, fucking delete me, unfollow me, whatever. No one's fucking forcing you to be here yeah well it's true isn't it it's totally true like you don't have to read people's posts um yeah and and i I generally find that people like uh they'll post you know for the greater good of you know sharing their happiness and their enthusiasm about things so i don't look at it as as completely evil but yeah i I look at things like comments and um, responses they can be perceived very black and white, especially messages and stuff. And I, I don't know, I feel like in this generation where we're relying on social media, we find we find ourselves um, in a black and white world where you don't get the colour of that physical contact of talking face to face. You know, it's funny, man, because I was actually talking to someone about this uh, mm. a couple of days ago. Mm. And we were talking about, like, you know, social media and stuff like that and how people yep. can misconstrue comments and, yes. and whatnot. And yes. tone, there's, like, you can't read tone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was saying to them, it's like, I like to try and write on social media. I, I, I basically take the approach of, like, I will not say anything that I would not say to this person's face or yeah. if they were standing in front of me. Like, if I think you're a fuckhead and you're standing in front of me and I would call you a fuckhead in front of me, then I'll do it on social media as well. Yeah. If, you know, you're fucking, I don't know, The Rock, I'm probably not going to say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I probably would because The Rock's the type of guy that would probably like be, oh, no, you know, let's talk about that. Why do you think that? Yeah. Whereas, you know, if it was like Steven Seagal, he'd probably, I don't know, try and pull off his ponytail and beat to death with it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I will say, like, yeah. oh, sorry, just quickly, I will say I got excited the other day on um, on Easter. Mick Garris liked one of my comments that I replied to him. I just told him how much he rocked. Oh, and... dude, Mick Garris is so fucking cool. I, I'll circle back to what I was saying about yeah, please. in a minute. But, um. I actually messaged him. I actually tweeted at him. Uh, this is a great Twitter moment in, in my history. Um, I tweeted at him because I was listening to a podcast. I think we've talked about this before. Yes, we have. But he, was talk- he was talking about writing the bullet. And I tweeted at him. And I was like, dude, I fucking love that movie. I like it because it's a really personal movie to him. And he like tweeted back at me and retweeted me and everything. And it was just like, holy fuck, this guy is such a legend. Like, he's so cool. Yeah. He's amazing. Like, he's one of the, the rare gems. And, the fact that, I don't know, like, I, I, I just looked at it like a small victory, the fact that he liked my comments. Yeah. I thought, you know what, that's a great starting point. And um, that meant the world to me, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, man, I, I have honestly interacted with some really fucking cool people via the interwebs. Like, I've spoken to Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to Christian Bale back when That's he was awesome, on dude. the internet. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to um, Danny Trejo. Um, That's awesome. Matt Reeves, who directed fucking Batman. Fuck I, yeah. Dude, I tweeted at him years ago about how much I loved his version of Let Me In. 
Mm. And he was like, you know, tweeting back at me. Um, I've had responses from Scott Derrickson, like when I've been raving at him over Hellraiser Inferno. Tom um, Taylor. Oh, dude, yeah, Tom Taylor's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Patch Zerka, who um, I really hope I said his last name right, who's <laughs> a comic good. artist. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like so many cool people. Yeah. Um, I actually talk to Patch quite regularly. Like, we follow each other on Twitter. Awesome. And he's a really fucking cool guy. Um, and I've been cool. a fan of his artwork since, like, his fucking New Warriors days back in the 90s, man. Like, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, it seems to be, like, if you're really cool to people like that, mm. like, I I kind of feel like they don't get it that much. Like, they usually get people like, oh, why didn't you put fucking, why was Captain America's shield on the wrong side in the Avengers? You yeah. suck. Yeah. Um, you know, like, that sort of shit. But It's interesting, isn't it? <clears throat> like, I've got, I, I, I kind of got a little sort of an interesting analogy of sorts and, and follow me on this if you can. Like the other week on Happy Days, I interviewed Bobby Shabansky, the CEO, the face of Blackcraft, you know, like yeah, biggest, yeah, biggest yeah. clothing. Yeah, label. I saw that. Yeah, yeah huge, right? Um, I have but, given that man a lot of fucking money over the years for various girls. Right? Was... Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, <laughs> he, is, he is the... You know, the clothing guide to many goths and emos worldwide. Well, especially when you date the people that I, like, I usually date a certain type and mm-hmm. it's, they're always into that sort of clothing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, dude, you're getting money from me. Yeah. So, so like, you know, getting, getting to connect with him and, uh, you know, and I use the segue of a, a mutual friend with Josh Balls. But anyway, long story short, you know, I made that connection with him. Uh, he didn't have to write back to me, but he did. He wrote back to me. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is fucking cool. And he was really nice to me. We did the episode. Everything's great. Um, but I haven't, you know, uh, I haven't seen him sort of go, hey, check out my chat with Jesse on Happy Days. Now, yeah. there's that part of me that could be all <clears throat> whinge, whinge of, you know, why, why, why didn't he do that? You know, he's got, yeah. you know, but then I look at it like, well, he doesn't have to. And, None. and to me, I'm going, I've done all this on my own two feet. I haven't gone to him for the sole purpose of getting, you know, 10,000 listens yeah. uh, just because I spoke to Bobby of Blackcraft. No, I didn't do it for that reason. I did it for the simple fact of, I thought this is an interesting guy with an interesting story, loves his daughter to death. I wanted to get into that side of things. I didn't care about getting into all the stuff that I hear on, on, um, on his podcast every week. I just wanted to talk to Bobby Shabensky, the human behind the fucking brand, you know? Well, that's the cool thing. I, I think that's the really cool thing about Happy Days too is mm. that like, um, and this is something I really love about listening to it, is that, you know, I listen to that podcast you know, because you're my friend, but oh, also because, um, and, Checks you know, in the mail, by the way, I'm doing a support. Um, <laughs> but also because like, I, I really like that, you know, you can hear stuff on that. You ask questions and talk to people about stuff that you can't read on the fucking internet. Like, yeah. you know, all the shit that everyone already knows. It's more about the person behind, the public persona or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> or if it's, you know, when you were talking to me for that episode, it's the person yeah. behind the notoriety. Yeah. Um, well, that's it, man. Like, I mean, we can just have a, a casual and real conversation, you know, much like what we're doing right now, you know? Yeah. 
Like, yeah, well, I mean, that's the cool thing about our podcast is like, yeah. I, mean, I feel like, because I was talking to B the other day and he's like, you know, what is it that people like so much about it? And he wasn't, and I was like, oh, fuck you very much. Mm. And he was like, no, I'm not meaning it like, why the fuck would anyone listen to you? I'm like, what do you think it is that people enjoy about your podcast over yep. other podcasts? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's the fact that it's like the chemistry between you and me in, the, in mm. so much as it's like, this is basically like us recording this man reminds me of like calling up a bud back in the nineties, like for a weekly Dude. catch up and just yes. talking shit, you know? Yes. That's I think exactly that's the kind of vibe that I yeah. get like when yeah, we're having 100%. a chat. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> all the way, man. I'm with you all the way on that. Cause that, that's exactly what it feels like to me. That's why it, it, it feels so sentimental and special. And yeah. um, I don't know, like I've listened to a few other podcasts, you know, not so much for research or comparisons, just curiosity to just yeah. see what sort of track we're on. And like, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that just, you don't feel that chemistry. Mm. It's, it's very one-sided. Whereas I feel like there's a great balance between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also like, I mean, I know we like throw out a lot of factoids and, you know, yeah. stuff that people may not know and shit like that, but it's not just that. Like, no, it's, you know. No. It's like it's we drop f bombs, man. Yeah, it's two fucking goons dribbling shit for an hour and, and a bit. <laughs> boy, do we dribble shit, man. It's the bomb, man. I wouldn't have it any other way. No, um, fuck no. Cool, but well, yeah, getting get, get yeah, back yeah, to yeah. um the whole tone thing on the internet. Please. Like, I like I like to write stuff. If I'm writing a comment to someone, I like to write it in the same way that I would say it. So, like, you know, I'll use emojis and stuff so that mm -hmm. people get the tone so they don't, like, you know, I'll chuck a smiley face in. Yeah. And this is what I was talking to with um, someone the other day. It was like, you know, I'll just chuck something in so that people get the tone because it's so easy to misconstrue shit on Facebook yeah, and it is. have someone on the other side of the screen going, is he having a fucking go at me? It's like, mm. No, I'm not. I'm just fucking... <laughs> Chill. If I'm having a go at you, you'll know it. Trust me. Relax, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good, man. Um, what a hell of a way to start this episode. Yeah, I know. It's freaky in its own special way. Yeah, almost even meaningful. <sighs> yeah. I'm glad you dropped that. Thank you. Thank you. Br um, bring the tone back up to what we're used to. <laughs> always, man. Always. Um, <laughs> dude. So you're still on a bit of a high after last week. Yeah, 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 actually, it's been really good, and um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I've got some fucking rad artwork through for the comic and stuff. I know, right? Let's, let's, oh, let's take five and dude. talk about this comic book, man. Oh, dude. Cigarettes I, yeah. and silver bullets. I, um, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, I don't want to just turn every episode into a promo thing, but I'm no, so man, fucking psyched to be doing it. Yeah, dude, look, I'm pumped for you, man, because I know what it was like when I did my first comic book. And it's the most euphoric feeling, dude. So I want you to fucking just mm. embrace it and fucking ride that wave. Ride oh, it, dude. It's, it's so fucking cool. Cause it's just, and for me, man, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I've been a fan of comics since I was like fucking five years old. Yeah. Like I have, I have pictures that you can probably see on my Instagram of young Jake at, age five or six you know mm -hmm. sitting on the couch reading firestorm and stuff that's like that so, cool, so man. that's so cool. yeah um it's just so cool to be able to like contribute something to a medium that yeah. you've been a fan of mm -hmm. and loved and has gotten you through shit and given you hours of entertainment for your entire life it's so cool to be able to put something back into that yeah and that's what i'm excited about for you <clears> this comic book like 
Um, I, I just love the title as well, Cigarettes and Silver Bullets. I think it's such a cool title. It's just... I know. Thank I'm kind you, of Rob jealous. Flynn. Yeah, I, I, yeah. well, hey, I'll, I'll pass the message on, actually. <laughs> He'll get a kick out of that. But, do um, it, do it, do will, it. This is, see, this is like, I, 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 I love the fact that our friendship puts me like one degree away from Machine Head. <laughs> and so many other cool bands as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I'm like one degree away from Vince Neil. It's like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a bit like that, man. But it's cool. It's cool. Um, dude, like your your comic book, I, I love the sketches. And yeah, I mean, everybody, if you haven't seen it, Jake's already put up the promo image for cigarettes and silver bullets, the cover oh, art dude, looks that fucking co- awesome. That cover is so cool because we've actually got two cover ideas because um, I, I sent one through to Adam and I was like, so I'm thinking kind of this and kind of this and mm-hmm. um, I think he's going to draw that one as well. So I'm not going to say too much about it. But he like messaged me late one night and he's like, I just had this idea as I was falling to sleep and like, you know, got up and madly just like did a really rough. Oh, step. I know that. Yeah, and um, and he's like sent me through the rough sketch. I'm like, dude, that looks really fucking cool. And then when he sent me through like the more refined version in black and white, I'm like, fuck me, dude, Mm -hmm. that looks rad. That's awesome. And um, yeah, when I got it through in color, I was like, fucking hell, like, man, I am so fucking lucky to have him on this thing as an artist. He's very talented, man. Oh, dude, and it's it's his project too. Now, I I said to him like, dude, like you know, man, like I got no money to pay you but if you want to jump on board if you like the script and that like man let's just fucking own this shit 50 50 like i'm happy to like go that route with you because your art's amazing and i think you would fucking kick ass on it Mm. and um yeah he's totally down for it so it's it's his as much as mine which is great and i love that he's like you know taking ownership of it and you know having ideas and stuff like that that he wants to contribute and um yeah we've got some more character sketches coming this week so i'll be putting those up but um yeah man it's just it's so cool because it's like i get to put this out there because it's like if i was going to do it as a movie number one it would cost a fortune number two i could never i could never direct it because i don't have that much experience in effects like I, I would be aiming for Jaws and giving people Sharknado, which is the last <laughs> thing I ever want to do. Um, oh, wow. I could, go, like, I could go one step lower than that. Shark Exorcist. Uh, yeah, or Ghost Shark, yeah. yeah oh! something, something absolutely terrible like, oh! would be the result. Oh, but yeah. it's just, it's so cool to be able to put it out as a comic and just do it completely uncensored, gore, swearing, nudity, whatever we want in there. Just go all out. So it's like, no matter what happens with it, if, you know, we're ever lucky enough and someone's like, hey, I want to turn this into a movie, it's like, okay, cool, pay us, take it. If you do a good job, great. If you fuck it up, doesn't matter. Comic already exists exactly the way the story's meant to be told. So, hey, go for it. That's brilliant, man. <clears throat> so give us a, uh, before we move on, like, give us a quick rundown. Um, can you give us a bit of a background on cigarettes and silver bullets, like a little bit of a plot, um, plot behind it? Yeah, fuck yeah. So it's, it's essentially um, With Nail and I meets the Boondock Saints, but with werewolves cool. is, was my elevator pitch for it back in the yeah. day. Yep. Um, it's about two werewolves who have been friends for a very, very long time. 
Um, they're like absolute best buddies and they work as hitmen for like contract killers for the mafia or whoever else needs it. Um, and so they're basically, the story starts off in New Jersey and they're known as the Jersey devils because they basically go in, if they get hired for a job, they go in and fuck shit up on an Mm -hmm. epic scale. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, they're working for this, uh, mafia family. They get a job. They fuck it up. It's something that's like a line that they basically won't cross. Um, and they fuck it up, kill a lot of the wrong people and basically go on the run for the next 40, 50 years. So it's, it takes, it starts in the seventies mm-hmm. and ends up now basically. So it's, it's, it's almost interview with the vampire ish because it is sort of told through a flashback, but there's a bit of a twist at the end as to why the flashback is being told. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it basically, tracks them from like New York in the seventies to LA in the eighties. Then there's an incident that happens that sort of breaks up their friendship. They go their separate ways. We go to Seattle in the nineties, Texas in the nineties, and then work our way back to their reunion in New York in modern day. That's fucking cool, man. There's there's a lot of, a lot of insane shit that happens throughout it. Um, There's a massive werewolf fight in a New Jersey mafia mansion. There's a massive werewolf fight in an industrial metal club in Seattle in the nineties. There's a moment where one of them becomes the world's worst bounty hunter. Um, Yeah. There's a really hot female werewolf that gets introduced. There's crazy mafia shenanigans there's a massacre at a nightclub full of vampires. It's loads of fun. It's incredibly violent, incredibly darkly funny. Um, like, yeah, I, like, I don't want to jerk my own dick too much on the <laughs> podcast, but the funny thing is, man, like everyone who's read it has basically, who's read some of my other shit is basically like, this is the best thing you have ever written. Like, Dude, this is, I, I love it. I'm a huge fan. I, well, I literally had a friend, um, like my friend John, who wrote Snakes on a Plane, was basically like, dude, this is the definitive werewolf film. You have to make this one day. And I'm just like, fuck, man, thanks. He's like, no, dude, I'm not kidding. Like, this is so fucking good. Like, this is like, you know, like, this is up there with like, in terms of script, he's like, this is like the howling. This is like, if this was like, I was going to the movies and wanted to watch like a definitive werewolf movie, this would be it. That's so like, cool. He, he compared it to Preacher, and I'm like, dude, that's really nice. I can't afford to pay you for that comment. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm serious. He goes, it's got that kind of sense of humor through it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool, mission accomplished. Um, guess reading all those uh, Garth Ennis comics when I was a kid paid off. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I guess I guess the, the thing is that the fact that you're redirecting your approach into a comic book format, I think that's really cool. And, uh, man, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it'll – let you build a platform in which when the time comes that you're ready to put it to film, it'll be a lot more fluent for you. It'll be, I don't know. I think yeah. the process will be a lot more smoother. Yeah, I, man. I, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, I really do. And again, I'm not like, you know, not toot my own horn or nothing, but no. it's like, I really do love this story. And it's, it's a great like, story. if I ever, yeah. man, it's like one of those things. It's like, if I ever just could get one thing out there in the world, it would be this. And mm. it's like, oh man, like if I could afford it, I'd print like a fucking million copies of it and just give it away for free. That um, would be the ultimate. Like, I would rather, I would rather yeah. it be read than just sit 
yeah. on a hard drive yeah. gathering dust and yeah. being read by like, you know, five people who go, this is really good. I'm like, I oh, know. I just wish I could get it out there. But it's, it's like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, kind... now I can get it out there. Yeah, it's kind of a funny thing when you get to the print stage of things. And and sorry, everyone, I know we're supposed to be talking horror and stuff. We are. We're technically. Oh, we will. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But like, um, <laughs> when you get to the printing part, it's like I, I was talking to my, my friend uh, Aaron, who brilliant, brilliant writer as well. He does Maurice in the Metal, great comic book. Yeah. Um, you know, he we we compared a lot of notes, and he, you know, went and printed an obscene amount of copies um and he said you know like print what you need um because it's it's you know you find yourself with a lot of excess stock sitting in you know in your room building dust and shit and you kind of get yourself to a point where you go do i get precious about this and really just try and hustle it and sell it as much as i can or do i just sell what i can and get it into as many hands as possible um, even if it means giving away a hundred copies, you know, like, yeah. uh, I don't know. These, these are the sort of things that I think about a lot. And I've given away so many copies of my comic book just to complete strangers, just for the sheer sake of, I want you to read this story and, yeah. and come back to me when you, you know, when you've read it. Um, yeah. It, so. it, it, I just harken back to something Henry Rowland said, man. And it's like, I was watching like Henry live. I was at, I think it was at a big day out or something. And oh, he yeah. was talking about um, CD prices in Australia and how fucked we get for them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I don't care if you steal my shit. I'd rather be heard than paid. And I'm wow. just like, yeah, I kind I of, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that dude. Like, and I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's a balance, man. Cause it's like, you know, we've, we've all got bills to pay and shit like that. Yeah. But I, I kind yeah. of feel like, you know, when you, you're really passionate about a story or something like that, you just want to get it out there in the world. So it exists. So people can Absolutely. find it. Absolutely. You know, I've done that, you know, we, well, sorry, we in dark cell, we've done that so much with our music, you know, um, we've given away so much of our, of our music and our merchandise just because we want people to, you know, get excited as much as we are. Um, yeah. And, and tell their friends about it, you know. So there, it's it's um, it's um a delicate balance and I think you just have to really prepare yourself um, in advance to yeah. um, to do these sort of things. And I think it's a great act to to um, share a bit of kindness with people and, and share your passion, with, you know, even if that means giving away 50 to 100 copies of your comic or... Yeah. What or your CDs, whatever. Like you know, it's it's about I don't know, just building great foundations, good karma, because it always comes back to you. you know, yeah, in some shape yeah. or form. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, dude. Like it's 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 so funny because it's like I, I, I'm not I'm not a um, I'm not a big believer in karma, but like I have had like the last couple of weeks, man. I have like gotten so much fucking kindness and cool shit because it's like before the last couple of weeks i was having the worst fucking year yeah, yeah, ever yeah. it was just like oh my god like if a fucking anvil falls out of the sky and crowns me looney tune style i'm not <laughs> gonna be surprised <laughs> but it's like yeah it's like that that last week like the week the week of um the week of the con i just had such a great week and it just seems to have sort of rolled over into that and it's like you know there's still fucking pissy shit to like you know 
of course be fucking whatever about but that's like but it's just so many people have just like so many people have reached out with just like you know incredible kindness and stuff like that and it's just yeah. like oh fucking jesus like and, I'm feeling kind of flawed here guys yeah. getting and, a little um, misty well I'll take a moment as well uh to just back up what you were saying about kindness man and just say thanks to everybody that's been listening to the show and and took part in Jake's little Q&A. Um, oh, yeah, that's, guys. That's super fucking cool, man. Yeah, like, I really, like, you know, I mean, I know we talk a lot of shit and we make a lot of jokes and stuff, but it's so awesome mm. to know that people are listening to this and enjoying it and, you know, engaging with us and stuff like that and saying how much they like it and... Yeah, it's really fucking cool, and yeah, I, re- I we both really appreciate like yeah. every single person 100%. that listens. Like, yeah. it's so cool, and yeah. you know, if if it makes you want to go and buy our comics and uh, CDs and stuff like that, then yeah, yay, yay! Because <laughs> so, um, you know we're broke, we need the money. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of man. CDs, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, um, dude, so I. I remember saying the words to you, you're welcome. And uh, I'm so glad that you feel the same way that I feel about this smoking hot new album that just recently came out. Oh, dude, absolutely. And this is going to feed into a, a, a conversation that we really need to have. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, like... We're talking about Stabbing Westwood. They have a new album. Um, what's it called? Chasing Ghosts. Fuck yeah, it is super cool right oh it is fucking amazing and i've been into these guys since pretty much the jump um like i i i think it was with a blister burn and peel was my first stabbing westwood because i heard what do i have to do on the radio yeah if you can believe that about a million years ago in the 90s when it was released Mm -hmm. um and I have fucking loved this band for years. And I was so pumped when they got back together. And, dude, this new album, fuck me. Start to finish, man. Uh, All killer, no filler. It's yeah. like, I know that's a cliche, but mm-hmm. fuck me, does it, like, absolutely fit this album? It's so good. It's good in the sense that it, it's just a, ret- a real heightened return to form for these guys. Like, uh, yeah. You know, um, that self-titled album they put out was... Um, it was not their I, best. I you could feel... I, I feel like that with that album... I feel like the could, cracks were there. Yeah, you could really see the cracks starting to show. Mm. And it just feels like an album they didn't want to do. Um, it's, it's kind of weird because, like, that album, it's got some good moments. Like, So Far Away is pretty cool. But so then, far away is cool. I love, like, I mean, I know it's a soppy as fuck song, but I love um, I Remember. I think that's a great yeah, song. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's, a, it's a good album. It's just, you know, when you stack it up against. It's not Stabbing Westwood, you know. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't have the edge that Darkest Days had. Yeah, Or exactly. On God or With a Blister. Like, yeah. it just doesn't have, it feels like, I mean, they've always had, like, you know, but well, have they though? Like, I mean, I know waking up beside you was technically almost a ballad, but it was still pretty fucking dark and edgy. Dude, such um, a great song, man. I know, dude, isn't it right? Fuck me, so good. <laughs> we could just do the whole podcast about stabbing the Westwood. Yeah, we pretty much could. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that. It, it, this this one is everything great from those first three albums. Just my thoughts too. 
yep. refined and like just absolutely just boiled down to like this is everything great about this band that you love that works yeah and it's a, absolutely a return to form but you know it's still fresh and yeah. still good like it's not like oh we're just gonna like you know throw all our best of stuff into a blender and pour out a new yeah. album it, it doesn't feel like that i feel like um i want to say is uh, i can't i i you know bad of me not to have researched but i'm pretty sure walter flaccus is still in the band doing the electronics yeah, right yeah he is. Yep, yeah 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 dude he's yeah, absolutely fucking is. genius bro and uh, like he's all the electronics on this album are probably their best their best since darkest days fucking oh, man. so good absolutely and i just feel like the electronics for Stabbing Westwood have such a distinct sound that you can yeah. pick them. Like, before you even hear the vocals, before you if, – if it was on the radio mm. or if you're, like, sitting there and it started playing, you'd just be like, yeah, that's Stabbing Westwood. Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, no, no, it's not. How do you – dude, that's fucking Stabbing Westwood, okay? Yeah. You can't mistake that sound. No, and, and like, I think, like, for me, the, the quintessential track on that album that just encapsulates – the, the grandeur of the electronics and Christopher Hall's um, incredible vocals on this album. Um, um, Ghosts, I think. Oh, Ghosts, yeah. That, that beat, that dance groove to it, it's just like that. Is yeah, it's a, almost like, it's almost like, um, it's almost like what Wayne used to call it, uh, Mr. Static, is uh, Evil Disco. It really is Evil Disco, man. Like, it, yeah. that, that is, you know, if Stabbing Westwood did an evil disco track i think that's it and yeah it's a fucking it's a slammer and i i really hope that that song gets on the charts more for them because they deserve it it's a fucking banger of a oh, track dude i fucking everyone should just fucking buy this album because yeah, it's like totally I, I want my boys to stay around it's like give me more yeah like, i know I, right? like, I got to the end of the album and then i listened to it again and then i'm mm. just like when's the next one <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really good um, flow of songs throughout the whole album. I feel like like this um, there's really good ebb and flow, and um, you know has a oh, vo- yeah has yeah, a vocalist. Ab- um, fucking sorry, dude. Uh, has a vocalist. Chris, no, you're right. uh, Chris Hall's vocals fucking informed me. Like I was a bit worried he was going to play it safe on the album, but dude, there were yeah. moments that he hit some of those awesome trademark fucking screams. Yeah. And it just made me so happy. I was just like, dude, yeah, man. you're yeah. like fine wine, brother. You just get better yeah. with age. Oh, dude, does he what? And yeah. uh, it's it's one of those albums, like, if you get this album, like, if you get it on iTunes or something like that, mm-hmm. fucking listen to it from track one to the end. Don't skip. Don't put it on shuffle. Like, no. like, like you said, man, like, the, the, the track listing is just perfectly placed yeah, throughout this whole thing. Like, and yeah, I mean, I loved like fuck. I love I am nothing. I love damaged goods. Oh, Cold man. is so great. Ghost yep. is great. Control Z is fucking great. Like, Control Z is a great track. Fucking like, love that. There track. are so many yeah. good songs on. Like every, not even so many. Like every song on this yeah. album is great, and it, it's like it, they they all play a part in this journey of the of an album, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. I, um, and, uh, and, I, and it's I'm also so ironically, I, like it's so it's so funny because it's like Stabbing Westwood is the perfect fucking breakup band. Like <laughs> it's so weird, man. It's like if you've been broken up with or dumped, 
you yep. love this album even fucking more. <laughs> like, and it always was. Like, it always was. Every fucking Stabbing Westwood album, there was, uh, like, Darkest songs on Days. there where it's just like, yeah, fuck it, yeah. It's like, like, Darkest Days is that song that just makes you just want to go, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like there's, yeah. oh, or man. sometimes it hurts. It's just like, oh, oh yeah, dude, yes. <laughs> like the what was it ninety nine when that came out? It was just like yeah. I I had just broken up with someone then oh. as well, and it was just like, yeah, I feel this in my soul. Or <laughs> but, haunting um, me, yeah, haunting me, yeah. <laughs> Shame, oh. what oh. do I have to do? Like fucking, you know, you know, man, I fucking lie. <laughs> Shame is one of my favorite stabbing songs, man. That, oh, dude, that how, groove is that fucking guitar rad. riff. Oh, dude, yeah. And, the, and so... Walter's keys in that. Yeah. Oh. And like when I saw the film clip, it just matched. I went, oh, the video's great. How great mm. the video. It's just it's such a good mint. video. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, um, but yeah, man, like this album, it doesn't sound like a band that's worn out or anything they sound it doesn't like feel this... like they went away no, at all. It, that, it sounds like they've got this great energy about them and um it just it shows in every track man i yeah. fucking love that yeah it, and... it does not feel like they went away it feels like they made the self-titled album went mm. oh fuck and then just made this like you know a year later I mean, look, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, to anyone that's a fan of the self-titled album, I, I don't in any way, shape or form want to, like, diss on it and say it's no, shit. No, I like, do. Yeah, It's absolutely. a good album. I don't just... think either of us could ever no, hate anything no. Stabbing Westwood did. Um, no, I it... even love their cover of Bizarre Love Triangle from the Not Another <laughs> Teen Movie soundtrack. Um, <laughs> that was literally the reason I brought that fucking soundtrack. <laughs> wow. That's dedication, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, look... I, I just found like, I don't know, as a musician, um, I can relate to, I don't know, you can just pick up on the vibes, man. And for me, I just felt this vibe going on and I just didn't click with it the same way I did with the other albums. And uh, No, I mean, I really felt when I listened to that self-titled album and I did like, like I do love some of the songs on there. Like yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're a permanent fixture in my Stabbing Westwood playlist. Mm. Um I just felt like it was a band. It felt like this the, the record company was basically like, you have to give us an album. And that's exactly how didn't I felt. want to be there. Yeah, like, that's how and it I was felt. just like, okay, let's just push through and get this shit out so yeah. that we can all go our separate ways and do whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's I, just how it felt. Like, it just felt yeah. like that. It just felt like the passion wasn't there for it. I agree. And, and you know, the thing, the, the nail in the coffin for me for, for that period of time was the one and only time that they've toured Australia that I recall they toured with um, supporting live mm. and at Brisbane entertainment center. And I, I don't know why, but I didn't make any humongous effort to go see that show. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was going to get the experience um, the way I hoped for. You know, well, it's a weird sense. combo. It's like I like I like live. Yeah, same. But they're a weird band to pair with Stabbing Westwood because the crowd that's going to go see live is going to be very different from the crowd that's going to go see totally. Stabbing Westwood. And I just I felt like if I went and saw that show and supported them, I felt like I wouldn't have seen a set list that would have been 
dominated by tracks, like, you know, from Wizard, yeah. Blister, or Darkest Days. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, totally. And we might have heard thing. one it's or like, two gems, and that would have you, been about it. You don't want to go see one of your favorite bands when they're not at their best, and they're not going to be playing the shit you like because it's like you don't want the first time seeing them to be kind of tainted. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's kind of how I felt. And and it, you know, if if by some bizarre miracle any of the members of Stabbing West would ever hear this episode, we're we're not we're not having a go at all. We're just saying no, you know, no. If any Stabbing Westwood member listens to this episode, I love you all. Please give me another album. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent, dude. Like, like you guys are a fixture on every writing soundtrack I have ever made. Fuck yeah. I mean, I'll go. I'll go on record and say I would list "Chasing Ghosts" as probably one of the first albums in the last two years that I've listened to, besides Rob Zombie's last album that I've listened to completely and gone back to for seconds and thirds. And oh, dude, loved it. Same. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm going. I'm going hardcore. I'm putting it up for album of the year next to "Welcome to Horrorwood." That's fucking cool, man. That's really cool. Because it's like, look, I. You know, I I can't I can't knock Ice Nine Kills out of the number one spot, but <laughs> they can share it. <laughs> Play nice now, kids. <laughs> yeah. like, sorry guys, you gotta share it because this album's just fucking mint. Yeah. So boys and girls, go on I think um Stabbing Westwood's trying to promote their band campaign. So go to their band campaign, show some love, buy some merchandise, buy the album. Um I know I when I get a few more bucks I'll be purchasing a physical copy of that album for sure. Oh shit, yeah, man! The second um, I see it, I'm grabbing it. Yeah, on a different note, but but staying on music, um, fucking another guy that we love, Tim Skull, um, he recently put out his Dead God album EP. Sorry, and uh, oh cool, yeah, dude, and which is, uh, it's it's an it's an older album. It was essentially a collection of tracks that he'd written that were meant to, intended to go on the Mob Scene album. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're fucking banger songs, man. They're like really fucking good songs. Like, Yeah, cool. Um, the, you can hear the influence on how much he influenced and shaped the Golden Age of Grotesque album, um, which is one of my favorite Manson albums. That was a great album. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty much all Tim Skull. Like, yeah. He... he he formulized the music for that. And so he puts out the dead God, but, and there was a, there's physical copies for sale signed, but unfortunately Australia is not included in the postage. Oh, and fuck. I'm, and I'm three shades of upset over that. Yeah. I can completely understand that. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just felt like saying that out loud. So, um, <laughs> so Tim, if you have so I've got a question for you. So music-wise, now I know I know there's a whole debate over whether whether you know what industrial is like. You know, I know a lot of <laughs> I know a lot of people are all like, oh, you know, Nine Inch Nails isn't really industrial. It's like you know, I know a lot of people are like Skinny Puppy, Pitch Shifter, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But so the post the post NIN. I mean, look. For me, I just consider it an industrial because that's what it was called when I was a kid and when I got into it. So that's yeah, what sure. I call it now. So yeah, yeah. 
any little music critics that are just going to be like, oh, no, it's Darkwave. Oh, no, it's Metalcore. Oh, it's Deathcore. Oh, it's like, suck my entire dick. <laughs> like, sorry, this but... is the thing. This is the thing. I never understand this shit. I've, I've had... I, I've never actually physically engaged in these conversations with people. I tend to just go, dude, you're on your own here because I'm not getting into this. Because it's <laughs> it, it's like, to me, I just look at all as the universal language of music. It's music. Yeah. Yeah. What you if you get industrial from it, fucking awesome to you, man. You get metal from it, fuck yeah. I mean, it's like when it's like when um you know the 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 swampy goths of the eighties fucking tell you what goth is um, compared to what you think goth is. It's like, well, it's a matter of opinion, dude. And I think everyone is entitled to whatever their opinion is. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, it's all like, it all falls under the, like, umbrella of metal. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's like, look, all this shit's metal, and there's just different little subgenres of, like... Yeah, and, look... Like, you don't go subgenre within subgenre, because that's just fucking maddening. I mean, if you want to listen to, like, you know, uh, a great show with, uh, you know, EDM and, in, and real German industrial and all that sort of stuff, um, go... Go tune into Four Triple Z on Monday nights and listen to my mate Josh's Dark Essence Radio program from yes. 10 p.m. It's a fucking great show. I I have listened to that many times. It's a great show, dude. And fucking Josh, fucking love your guts, man. You you are the man, dude. Your show rocks. Um, still waiting for that fucking special edition with the um, Moog synth covers of ABBA. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was on the show I'm, once. I'm and, there for that, dude. We found it. There's a vault and in the um, in the four triple Z archives, full of old cassettes and vinyl records and stuff. And we'll flip and through and found we were looking for obscure albums, and I found Moog synth um, covers of ABBA. It's fucking that's gold. Insane. That's so great. I need to hear it. Yeah. So man, that's as industrial as it gets for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, I, I I always sort of sort of thought of like you know stabbing Westwood and that as coming after like you know the wave of nin's popularity so it's like you know there were all these great okay. bands and who was your favorite because well, i mean obviously for me it was stabbing westward but there were yeah, so many good ones at the time there's a lot and i i can't answer that 100 percent because there's a lot but the thing is the funny part is i i was going to mention this earlier with stabbing westward i remember re- i'm sure as hell reading somewhere once upon a time stabbing westward lane claimed that they were doing the thing before Nine Inch Nails came to fruition. Well, so, yeah, it's kind of hard to track because it's like, I don't know It's what. like the mushroom head versus Slipknot argument, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Because, it, I mean, Pretty, pretty Hate Machine was not 89. Yeah, so Ungod was, I think, 87. Yeah. I, I don't know, or 88 or something like that. I can't like remember, that. yeah. Yeah, but, dude, I mean, whatever. But for me, like... uh I don't know, man. I have such. I mean, a... I guess you could throw the argument in there that KMFDM kind of predate them all, but yeah. Well, I mean, like again, you know, I say, I say to you, like, if you listen to Atari Teenage Riot and call it industrial, fucking cool, man. Like, well, yeah, that's your thing, man. Like, I'm not going to tell you, oh, it's uh, it's not industrial. For for me, it's like I chuck anything that's got like really heavy guitars and electronic stuff in the industrial dump on my iTunes library. So I've Man, got I've had I've got Orgy, yeah. I've got Celldweller, I've yeah. got fucking 
you know, all sorts of shit. I've got Dark Cell in there. Um, I've got got some Rob Zombie in there. Like, you know. But that's that's the thing, man. Like, you know, there's there's always that never-ending argument and debate. And, uh, like, I I always think, like, I I, I don't know. I've had these conversations where Goss have tried to tell me what industrial is. You know, they'll they'll refer to. uh, I remember clear as day one diehard fucking, you know, fucking elitist goth telling me well you know it's all mechanical sounds and stuff that makes the industrial industrial and i went cool okay well and i i said exactly i said cool if that's your thing then cool um i'm just gonna roll with what i know and what i enjoy and um last time i checked you're not my mom so (laughs) you know but like like i i love unless you're popping up on my itunes library like that paperclip that we used to get in word yeah, shaking yeah, finger at me. Yeah. Sorry. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'll call it whatever I want. Well that's it. I mean like I, I love I love a diverse range of acts. Like I love I love Gravity Kills. I love Pitch Shifter. Oh, I love Gravity Kills. So Fuck much. yeah dude. I, I I talk to Jeff every now and then. It's fucking great ah, dude. You nice. Know? Yeah. But like I love Orgy. Uh you know I talk to Amir all the time. He's a fucking dude man. Um you know, I love I love Die Krups, you know, like that um, yep. you know, the early stuff and their their newer stuff is fucking off the chain. Um, you know, but then a lot of new age people go, Oh, Ramstone. It's like, yeah, yeah, they're cool, but check out all this other cool shit too, you know. Yeah, like, I mean I, I totally consider Ramstein industrial. <laughs> Do yeah, you remember totally. that really crappy knockoff D V D that was floating around that was like the unauthorized bio that was called yeah. Industrial Angels? <laughs> uh I used to see like 500 fucking copies of that thing at record exchange constantly because like, I'm pretty sure Ramstein fans would buy it, go, this is crap. And then like hawk it for 50 cents. Yeah. But like even bands like, um, Combi Christ and. Oh yeah. Sister Machine Gun. Yeah, dude. Um, I I don't know. The list goes on, man. I mean, Mm. fuck, you know, even Danzig had a little spell of. I was literally going to say, you remember Danzig five and Alice Cooper's brutal planet that were like their quasi industrial albums. Yeah. And I'm going to say two albums that got fucking ripped to shreds that I love. I fucking love those albums. I I know. I love Danzig and Danzig five is a killer album. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It absolutely is. It was, it was weird because it's like, I had literally just come off Danzig four when Great five album. came out and like a four was just insanely good. And then like I got to five and I knew so many people who fucking hated it. Like so mm. many hardcore dancing fans mm. just hated the shit out of it. And I'm like, but hang on, you can kind of hear the seeds of this in yeah. can't speak yeah. on Danzig four. Like mm. there were seeds of this there and yeah. like five, it just felt like Glenn was just like, fuck it. Let's do more of that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Brutal Planet, dude. Brutal Planet is like one of my favorite Alice albums of all time. I, like, man, I always have this wish to hear Alice Cooper's voice in an industrial format. And Brutal Planet is that fucking album that we got, and it's fucking yeah. great, dude. Yeah, such a good album, yeah. man. Like, yeah, it so is. And like, and I, I mean, mean, like, yeah, dude, I mean, Brutal Brutal Planet itself is such a fucking killer track. Yeah, and like, dude, it's Alice Cooper. Like that voice behind that kind of music. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm yet to hear anyone that can top that shit. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm going on record. Never had a bad album. No, never no. had a bad album. Like every Alice album is just fucking gold. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's heaps of like, 
I don't know, in terms of in industrial and all that, man, there's so much good shit out there, you know, and, and whatever you get from it, fucking, I salute you, man. Like, yeah, I mean, if it makes you happy, if it brings a bounce to your step, then that's all that matters, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, see, it's like even Static X. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people will, like, throw stuff like Static X and, um, I love Static you know, X. stuff like that into the new metal genre. And I'm just like, yeah, to me, Static X isn't really, you know, I mean, even Disturbed have a couple of industrial songs on that first album, I feel, like Disturbed the game. Use, um, Disturbed use a lot of, of um, synth technology and, and yeah. samples and shit. So, yeah, I mean, fuck, like, it's, it's, it, it's what you make of it. Like, I mean, when people, you know, when people ask me about Dark Silk, like, I kind of go, <laughs> I always think of that uh, Airheads analogy from the movie. It's kind of, you know, we're kind of like in between genres, you know. <laughs> it's, it, I don't know, that's how I feel. There's about three it. of you. How can you be lone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. But, um. Yeah. I mean, man, I look, I mean, I, I feel like as a fan of your band, like, I feel like there's, I can see a lot of um, Hellbilly era zombie in Dude, some of your tracks. There is, man. And and the thing is, is like, and that is not, that is, that, no. is, that is a massive compliment. No, I appreciate that. Album thank you. And, yeah, yeah, thank you. Like, I mean, that's the thing, you know, like a lot of people have said, said things to us in the past, thinking that they were going to get a rise out of us. And we never did. We always said, thank you. Like, yeah. um, when people said, oh, you sound like Rob Zombie or Cradle of Filth or Wednesday 13, it's like, thank you. Because you're comparing us to our favourite bands that we yeah. love and I would rather be com- um, compared to my favourite bands than a lot of metalcore bands compared to fucking 20 million bands that sound exactly the same. Uh, dude, I've, I've had the same thing um, with writing. Like, when my my last film that I made loyalty is very much a crime genre. Right. Um, it's, it's very, it's very like very parks its car in the post Tarantino garage. And um, even, even before like we shot it and everything, like it's still in post-production it'll come out one day um, <laughs> because we have no money for post. So it's just been <laughs> dragging along at like a snail on Velcro kind of pace. Um <laughs> But, you know, man, like when, when I was right, like when, you know, when I finished the script and was sending it out to people, oh, this is just like a usual suspect Reservoir Dogs ripoff. And I'm like, well, it's not a ripoff. And they're like, yeah, but it's just like those. I'm like, and? Yeah. Thanks. Like, you've just compared me to two of the greatest crime films ever made, like definitely top 10. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a slam like dude i'm fucking i wear my influences on my fucking sleeve like and, and you so want you should. and say so you should like fucking like this is all the that's the funny thing it's like as an artist it's like you're a product of all the shit you love yeah. and it's like that's gonna come out in your work imitation like, is the greatest form of flattery yeah you know and and if if anything it directs people back to where it came from so well, uh, yeah. that's how i kind of look at things like if i hear something cool and I go, oh, there's some really cool funk elements in that. I'll go back and listen to Parliament or James mm. Brown, you know, to to see where it came from and yeah. just get that nostalgic feel. And it's the same with movies, man. You know, like, yeah. um, you know, you'll see some great new slasher films, but you'll always find yourself going back to a lot of the OG stuff. So, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just think like, yeah, the, 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 um, I think it was great back in the nineties that like that wave of post sort of NIN's popularity. It's like, mm. you know, whether, whether Nine Inch Nails started it or not, it's like Nine Inch Nails really, I feel, popularized it. They really um, did, man. They popularized the fashion, the fucking, yeah, all the aesthetic of that time. They were the, they were the poster child of that era. Yeah. And I, I loved that, like, every fucking soundtrack that came out after they got massively popular was like, you could count on, like, okay, Gravity Kills are going to be on here. Sister Machine going to going to be on here. That whole TVT records yeah. era, like they you were know, all looking for the next Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, and, mm. and like you know, Stabbing Westwood, fucking Rob Zombie, Static X, like they were all like you could every soundtrack, like from Escape from LA all the way through totally. like Seven and shit like that. Yeah. It was like such a great era because that that style of music, like that's what really got me. Like, I mean, the first sort of metal I ever heard was like kiss Alice stuff like wow. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Aussie's no rest for the wicked, mm-hmm. um, trash, uh, raise your fist and yell, all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, that was, that was the stuff that I was like, Oh, this is cool. But, like, but then it's like, but like, oh, sorry, sorry. No, you go. no, I was, no, I was you just going to say like, you know, like one can even argue, Fear Factory falls into that industrial equation. Oh, absolutely! I like demanufacture. Totally throw Fear. I totally throw Fear Factory in there. Yeah. Like, like I don't know, man. It's, it's, I think all the, all these bands, all this music, it's open interpretation. Yeah. I really, I really believe that. So, you know, you don't need a label. It's just no. Enjoy the fucking music for what it is. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and. I challenge anyone, just listen to the fucking album from start to finish. Don't skip tracks. Just mm. go ride the wave, the way yeah. the band wanted you to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, you have to with so much of that stuff. But like, yeah, I, mm. I just I just think it was such a great era for like. Oh, go, dude. Because, yeah, it's like dude. The, the second I heard Nine Inch Nails, I was like, this is my fucking jam. And I was just so on the search for more of it. I, I can't I can't talk about Nine Inch Nails, uh, about that 90s era without bringing up one of the most um, overlooked gems that came out from that period that was Funny enough, executive produced by Trent Reznor, Rob Halford's too. Oh, dude, right? Right? Like, I Am a Pig is like a fucking dude, fixture on I, my iPod. Like, like that album, I just fell in love with John 5 straight after yeah. that. I was just like, I was nuts for John 5. I was just fucking what the fuck is this this is fucking mixed dude right it was such a fucking great album i like everywhere for that because i heard that song mm. on the idle hands soundtrack yeah and i was like what the fuck is this who is this this is this what this sounds Mm -hmm. like nin i -hmm. must have Mm -hmm. and it was like holy fuck it's rob halford yeah, he should work with Trent Reznor all the time. But like, man, it's, there was so much stuff. Like, um, you know, Depeche Mode like moved way more into industrial sounding stuff. Like, yeah, man, I fucking, I, mean, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the album. Um, but yeah, dude, oh, they uh, did something, something the Angel. But um, yeah, there was about three but, or four albums that were just dark as shit, and it was yeah, um, uh, Songs of Love, Faith, and Devotion was yeah, really dark. Yeah. Um, 
Like, and this is terrible because I'm a massive Depeche the, Mode fan. The, I like, remember the single "It's No Good." That was the first one I heard where I went. Oh, oh yeah, wow, that was off Ultra. Is... Yeah. Okay, Ultra. That whole album, I just went fucking ape shit for. Yeah. I love that album. Dave Gahan's voice is like fucking sex in my ear. Oh, dude, even him on stage, man. It's like, oh, he, he's got to be one of the best front men ever. Like, fuck ever. that dude puts on a show. Like, I, I, I would love to see him live. Oh man, same, same. Mm. Like I, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fucking Depeche Mode fan. And like, you listen to stuff like uh, a pain that I'm used to, or like John the Revelator and stuff like that. It's like these guys go fucking hard. Yeah, like, dude. But I mean, even Bowie, like Outside, was a very industrial album because he was working with Trent. Yeah, um, that was a great album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah there's, even there's, Earthling, Earthling was a bit like I think he was still working with Trent, or yeah, he was because Afraid of Americans was on that on that album. Such a good track, man. Oh, dude, right? Such a good film clip too. Oh man, fucking love that shit. But dude, um, yeah, the the fucking uh Rob album is fucking great. Um, you know, it, like Trent Reznor, you know, helped shape that album with John Five on guitars and James Woolley, who, who was um, Nine Inch Nails live yeah, keyboard player. Yeah, he was in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sadly, no longer with us anymore. But yeah, dude, like, um, I, I actually did an interview with um, uh, Bob Bob Marlette, the producer. Uh, oh, on ha- cool. On Happy Days. Yeah, uh, check it out. It's a fucking yeah, it's a yeah, great, great conversation. And he tells me about the recording of their album because uh, we talked about like because he's he's worked with Ozzy Osbourne, Alice Cooper, like he's worked with everybody. He's he's um his discography is fucking incredible. But I really was fascinated with two because here's an album where you have the metal god, yeah, not screaming like a banshee. How the fuck do you pull that off? And that's what I, exactly I asked Bob. I said, man, like. The level of restraint vocally on this album is incredible. Well, especially when, like, let's say you just listen to Painkiller. Yeah. And then you go, oh, yeah, have a listen to this. You wouldn't think it was the same vocalist. Like, no. You just wouldn't. You'd just be like, oh, this is cool. Is this, like, some sort of fucking, you know, Nine Inch Nails side project or something like that? And it's yeah. Like, no, this is Rob Halford. What? What? Yeah, it's fucking cool, man. But, um, yeah, dude. Oh man, music! God, I love it. So, um, and we we talked about uh, cigarettes and silver bullets. Um, dude, have you read We Have Demons? I haven't yet, dude. I've got it. It's uh, I think it's coming through. The first issue is coming through on my next comic order. Yeah, I I've got my hands on the copy, and man, this is um revolutionary. This comic. It's Snyder, uh, Snyder and Capolo, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, man, I fucking love this. This is a real love letter to the fans. Um, it's, yeah, it's even got a really cool warning at the start of the comic, you know, telling you, you know, it's not for the squeamish. It's, you know, it's it's really a story about the fall of mankind and there's so much gore in it that it's, yeah, it's just great. And um, it's a real... Uh, it, it's a very independent style of comic book, man. And oh, rad! Yeah, it's um, it's I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of got shades of hack and slash to it. Oh, cool! Hack slash, sorry. And um, but it's it's really, it's just got characters to fall in love with, and um, I don't know, Scott Snyder is just really 
kicked the shit out of this one. It's um, yeah, I mean, teaming up with some great um, artists and and people that have just uh, helped bring something incredible to life. And yeah, nice. I think it's a great read. I just caught up on something is killing the children. Oh, great series, dude. It is so fucking good. Like. If anyone asks me, like, why they should read something as killing the children, it's essentially think of Buffy, mm-hmm. but if Buffy leaned way the fuck more into horror and yep. got away from all the Joss Whedonisms and, you know, kind of stuff that doesn't really work well for Buffy and all the kind of, you know, jokey shit and just yeah. went full hardcore horror. Man, that comic is so fucking good. Like, I think I'm caught all the way up now. I've read like the first four trades, which goes up to like issue 20. And they're just sort of uh, starting to get into the origin of the main yeah. character, Erica. I think and I'm yeah. into, I'm up to volume four. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one I just finished. Cool. Cool. I'm, yeah. I'm, I love it, man. It's such a good series. And I would not be surprised if we see it on Netflix within the next two years. Uh, yeah, we will, because uh, Mike Flanagan's executive, I was listening to a podcast with Mike Flanagan a few months back, and he's developing it for Netflix. Awesome. So, like, I mean, as soon as I read it, I just went, yeah, this is, I can see this on TV straight away. Oh, yeah, totally, man, totally. And I'm, I'm really hoping, like, with Mike Flanagan involved, like, who I think is, like, one of the best working horror directors, Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. I'd love to see him team up with Greg Nic- Nicotero. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. Um, I know yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're still yet to have this conversation about Walking Dead, but um, <laughs> and I look forward to that. But um, I, I just think Greg's, um, you know, physical physical effects um, would really complement the uh, the style for this yeah. particular story. So, oh yeah, yeah, because it's pretty it's pretty gory. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't hold back at all. But um, yeah, dude, so good. And I can see why Flanagan wanted to get involved too, because it is very. You can feel a bit of a Stephen King influence, and you know, like Flanagan's a massive Stephen King geek. Um, you know, just with the story taking place in a small town for the first, you know, three volumes and stuff like that. Like it's very, it's got that very Stephen King creepy small town vibe to it. Yeah, it's fucking cool, man. I love it and. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to read. Oh, dude, um, sorry, side note real quick. Um, ba- back to the music just real quickly for five seconds. Speaking yeah. of Trent Reznor, have you heard the latest single that came out this week called Native Intelligence, um, Danny Elfman and Trent Reznor? Uh, I have. I've got that whole album of Danny Elfman's and it is fucking amazing. Well, yeah, I love this track. Um, first and foremost, is, it, is that off the last album that he did that came out last no. year? It was a brand new single just came oh, out. Oh fuck! Tra- okay, I'm gonna have and, to get on that. Yeah, and Trent Reznor's singing on it, and it's fucking great. It's um, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm really gonna have to get on that. It's it's a little edgy in parts, but man, I just I'm really pumped about it. And um, they're taking the shit live. I I don't know if Trent's playing in the band or not, but. Wes Boland's going to be playing guitar from Limp Biscuit and Joe oh, Lex. Um, Joe Lex plays let's with. Let's just talk about Blacklight Burns for a minute. And oh, how great they dude. Are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck me. That first album, boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. It was absolutely fucking killer. Musical orgasm is fucking yeah. great. 
um, yeah. again, you know, like you, you can, you can say whatever you want. You can go, Oh, it sounds fucking so nine inch nails. It's not funny, but it's like, yeah, exactly. But it's a fucking great album, isn't it? Well, yeah. And I mean, dude, I, I, I'd argue that like wild side by Motley Crue, like Tommy's drums in that, like there's a bit oh. of, you know, there's a, there's a bit of like, you know, you could tell what Tommy was listening to at the time. It's like, yeah, he was getting into a bit of the fucking industrial shit. Like, sorry. Sorry, yeah, kids. Yeah, he's a groove monster, dude. So, yeah, I mean, fucking, like, that, that's the thing, know, man. Planet Boom. I mean, you know, come on. Oh, dude, don't get me started. I, fucking, I Me- love that track. <laughs> Me- Methods of Mayhem. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. We yeah. did do a Motley Crue episode, didn't we? Do we do we need to do another one? <laughs> we, we can if you want. I, I'm, or, or another I'm very, Tommy Lee. We could just I'm do very a Tommy happy. One. <laughs> I'm very happy with that idea. So yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Apologies for sidetracking there. I just yeah. I, I had to bring oh, that dude, to I attention. Mean, Look, Denny, like, like, yeah, I could, I could go on about how great fucking Oingo Boingo are for like uh, look, a, a century. Yeah, let's do that for an episode for sure. But um, yeah, the, the new track Skiller just came out like this week, so fucking yeah, you know what to do, people. Listen to it; it's fucking Absolutely. cool. Um, and you know what's really cool about me mentioning Blacklight Burns? Go for it. Is that it can actually segue into the movie we're talking oh, about? because. Oh. Burn, burn. Yeah, get it's, it. See, it's see very, what I did there. And it's very bright, isn't it? Yeah. See what I did there. <laughs> yeah, I it's like, one of my brighter ideas. It's it definitely is one of your brighter ideas, and it's, it's a perfect um, segue. I, I, about, I didn't even fucking plan that. No, no, that was good, man. And that was just you know, clear, clear out of my ass. Because we had such a good time last week talking about the the love, the love that we both have for James Gunn. Yes. That it's only appropriate. We kind of teased it last week and we are delivering on our promise or threat, depending how you look at it. Talking about um, Brightburn is fucking one of the most phenomenal horror fucking superhero movies I've ever seen and you've seen. Oh, dude. Like, dude, it's. um, I know James Gunn is the executive producer on it, but dude. Um, Man, th- this movie is. Where, I mean, where do you want to? Uh, the, the thing, the thing with this movie is now. I usually hate the evil Superman trope. Yeah, because it's always done when Superman's an adult, right? And it's like, look, I think Superman is inherently a good character. Like, I think Tom Taylor did it good in Injustice because he really played upon like you know Superman losing Lois and that grief and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what I love about Brightburn is it like takes it from when he's a kid, which makes it feel more natural to me. Mm, yeah, like it's, he hasn't had that love and affection growing up, and then it's like you know all suddenly he's like thirty and something turns him evil. Yeah, this it, um... it feels way more natural. Yeah, it's very it's very natural, and the concept of it it's um there, there's you, you mentioned before about Superman. I mean, shades of that was explored conceptually in uh, previous to the movie in 2017 in a DC uh, Halloween special that had mm. uh, many short horror stories in kind of an Elseworld style format. Which I was a huge fan of those, and one of them was a evil Superman story called Bump in the Night. And, oh um, yeah, I think I've got that. Yeah, yeah you remember that one? And he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Because I've got all those horror specials; they were great. Yeah, destroyed the fa- the farm and all that. I mean, my, my 
of those Elseworlds was the um, Batman vampire episode. That was fucking great. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, this movie's really cool in the sense of it explores exactly what you said. This, this, I don't know, this kid that's completely normal for so many years uh, and, yeah, hits, uh, hits puberty and, Kind of all goes into a descent well, I from love, there. I love that this is also like a genuine superhero horror movie. Like it's a fucking horror film. All the way happens to have essentially Superman in it, and it's like, you know, we've sort of seen the whole evil slash corrupt Superman thing done in like Squadron Supreme, Supreme Power. Yeah, you know, Irredeemable. Superman, even the boys, like even, you know. Uh, Superman 3. <laughs> yeah, Superman 3. I mean, you know, Zack Snyder toyed with it. Yeah, like, dude, with totally. the whole thing and yeah. all that. But this is the first time we've ever really gotten to see, like, a horror film with a superhero in it or a super-powered character. And it just fucking works. And I love that it explores, like, the whole nature versus nurture thing. If I had a gripe, it would be that, you know... Uh, Brandon is obviously sort of, you know, pre-programmed by whatever race sent him to Earth to, like, take over and fuck shit up. I would have loved to have seen it without that, but just, like, you know, okay, the bullying at school and everything just fucking gets to him and he snaps. It's kind of like he's a sleeper agent, you know, Mm. a super-powered sleeper agent that's activated at, you know, at age 13, whatever it is. Yeah. uh, Age 12, sorry. And yeah, just I, I love the the slow build to that um, that that arc of the story where you know just decides to just destroy. You know? Yeah, he just basically snaps, and it's like it, it's just so well done. Like you know, you just see like the little glimpses, like you said, the slow build thing, like where he crushes mm. the chick's hand and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's so many little moments. Like I, I think for me, like the the interest, I I, I was fascinated with various aspects of it like like um his 12th birthday where you know he's having that you know he's a typical 12 year old kid he's going on oh, do i have to have ice cream cake you know this is such a kid thing and yeah and then his uncle gives him that that gun and his dad's like absolutely not no you know we've talked about this and just that moment where you just see that that snap in his eye and he goes yeah give it to me like i thought that was fucking genius yeah there's a lot of creepy ass fucking moments in there. Like, I mean, when he kills that girl's mother at the diner, yeah, that whole scene is like, fuck me. And like, I mean, the glass in the eye is like, yeah, yeah. Well, that the, the gore of that film is so good. Like, um, yeah, the glass in the eye was just brilliant. Like, especially when she actually pulls the glass out and the blood sp- um, spray that comes out of it is so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. And but, I mean, that that bit at the end where he, like, flies into the sheriff and just turns him into paste. Like, <laughs> right. Like, whoa. I, I wish I could have slowed that bit down just to see the disintegration of the dude's body. Like, it was, yeah, fuck. If that didn't inspire that opening bit in The Boys where Huey's um, girlfriend gets smashed by... Um, fucking, what's his name? Fast Track, whatever his name is. Yeah, A Train. Yeah, A yeah, Train, yeah. dude. Fuck me, that was so even, on par like, with have that. You, even um, have you watched Invincible? I haven't yet. 
There's a scene um, in one of the last episodes with a train. I won't spoil it for you, no, but it, right. is, it is gory as fuck. Cool. And it's very similar to that. And it's yeah. just like, whoa. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, there's probably a little bit of inspo in Invincible yeah. from that scene as well. But, like, yeah. I, I, mean, I absolutely love this film. Like, um, it's directed by David Yurovsky. Um Man, I watched the behind the, spe- the behind the scenes special, which you can actually watch on YouTube as well. And man, it's fucking cool, man. Just getting that idea, the mindset going into this film, what yeah. they were trying to achieve with it. And I think it's one of the greatest examples of an idea that just starts so innocently and builds to this horrific climax with excellence. Yeah, well, it's just, it really, and I love that, like, you know, because I, I was watching it, I was watching all the behind the scenes stuff on my Blu-ray as well. Yeah, yeah. And I really love that, like, you know, it, the film really does explore that whole nature versus nurture thing. Yeah, it does. Because um, it's like, you know, his parents are fairly loving, like, you know. Yeah, they are. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, the, the mother is, like, absolutely great to him and overly protective and stuff yeah. like that. And it's just like, you know, it's like everything he could you, you would possibly want out of like good loving parents. It's kind of weird, he's isn't just it? Got this thing in him. Yeah, like the parents are, um, I don't know, they're kind of really cool and they're young, youngish and like live on a farm. And, you know, she's kind of a little bit, um, I, I guess, alternative, if, if I yeah. dare say that. Like, you know, wears remote shirts, has a bit of purple rinse you know, in her hair and yeah, you know, she's doing like blonde. the painting and stuff like yeah, that. And dude. All that shit. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're kind of not like, um, yeah, they're not like the Kents. Um, but yeah, yeah. Funny well, enough, they're not they, like farmers. Like. Yeah. You know, they live in Brightburn in Kansas. Um, and yeah, the, the dad's just that, that really cool dad that you, you would want to grow up under you know, on a farm, you know, like, he's yeah. just super cool. And, I don't know, like all the, yeah, like the, the uncle and the uncle's girlfriend. Yeah, cool, like you know, like all the pieces are in place for this kid to have a well balanced, perfect upbringing, right? Yeah, and but yeah, when when the the ship, I don't know, awakens him, his um, subconscious. It's fascinating how he just descends from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like he he absolutely has no choice in what he's going to be. No. Um, like when he's trying to decipher the um the the language. Yeah. That I, I love that bit. I thought that was really cool. Like he was saying take the but he it was like he was learning to speak. Mm. And then when he realized it's take the world and then that mo- the moment he says that and his eyes just glow red. Yeah, it's like oh shit, here we go. You know, it it's just on from there. But uh, yeah, the slow build of all those moments with the that scene in the diner where he, you know, um, you know, snaps at his dad, and then, um, but yeah, before he kills the the girl's mum that he um, has the hots for, just that that whole um, yeah, the the innocent innocence. Uh, the conflict of innocence in his mind where he is led to believe, you know, um, he creates this idea in his head that the mother is, is the, the thing that's stopping him from yeah. being with this girl. So what does he do? Kill her. 
you know. Well, and, and the thing is, too, with that scene is that, like, it's really kind of fascinating from a character perspective and I mm. think really genius from a filmmaking mm. perspective mm. is that when he's killing her, it's like there's almost this childish malevolence, like a kid, you know, pulling the wings off a butterfly or something where yeah. he's like, you know, taunting her with the symbols on the window and like mm. making her afraid and freaking her out and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he is this alien killing machine, but he's also like a kid and has this kind of childish sense of cruelty almost like, yeah. and, and I just thought that was really well done and really like, fuck, that makes this even creepier. Like, you know, because it's like, oh, kids are creepy and scary anyway. And a super-powered 12-year-old, <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And and I love I love just little little moments where he tries to um, downplay what he's been doing. You know, like there's that scene where he comes home after another um, horrendous murder and he says... Oh, oh yeah, after I was, he killed the out, uncle, yeah. Yeah, I, I was out playing soccer. It's... You know, but it was just the way he did it was so innocent. And And the progression of that too, like when the uncle dies and like he's sitting down having breakfast and they're like, oh, your uncle's died. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. And he's like, oh, what, do you want me to feel sad? It's just like, oh, my God, you're fucking evil. (laughs) Yeah, but like that that really shows the the alien side of him. That That's the realization that he's not human. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's that side of him's like, you know, taking over or he's embracing it like you're never quite sure which it is but like yeah it's just like wow you really just have checked out like yeah you know one thing i love about his um when he you know comes to fruition with his powers one one of the aspects that i love is his almost um superiority uh superiority complex where he i don't know if you picked up on this but the way he just floats yeah. Above people. Like, yeah. he's like, I am above you. I feel yeah. like that was his statement the whole way, just saying, I am above you. Like, he didn't yeah. need to float in the air. He could have just walked, but no, he floats. And yeah. I don't know. I, I just got the vibe like that was a nice, a nice signature to, to yeah. symbolize his um, superiority. And I, I sort of also have to wonder if that's not sort of taken from, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is like, you know, they've taken uh, inspiration and gone, oh, that's a really cool idea. Like, let's incorporate that from certain comics. Like, because there was that mm. whole period in the 80s where um, Superman was taken over by uh, the Eradicator machine. Yeah, yeah. And did that whole Krypton Man thing. And he just kind of floated in the air with his hands behind his back, like, you know, kind of above everyone and sort of all judgy and shit like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, he didn't fly. He just floated. Um and yeah, it just sort of felt like, you know, oh, I wonder if that's kind of a bit from that or, you know, there was stuff in Supreme Power where Hyperion kind of like realized that like, you know, yeah, I could fucking rule the world if I felt like it. And, you know, yeah. got kind of a bit creepy and shit like that. So well, there's all yeah. these little things from, you know, previous stories yeah. that, you know, have explored the concept, not to the extent I feel that Brightburn did, um, but, you know, kind of touched on it that I feel like, you know, the, the filmmakers and the writers have just kind of gone like, you know, that's a cool idea, but I don't feel like they got enough out of it. So let's yeah. fucking explore that further, which is such a writer thing to do. Cause fuck man, I do that shit all the time. 
Yeah, it's fucking cool. And I, I love I love the um the mask that he wears in it too. It's kinda like um Yeah, yeah it's kind of very insect like. Yeah, like I, I, I feel I'm like fascinated by that. I feel like it's sort of because when I was watching it the other day, like, you know, there's that whole thing where he talks about how wasps are predatory and stuff yes, like that. that or was hornets or whatever it was. That was a great scene. And then, like, his mask is very almost insect-like. And you kind of feel like maybe he's, like, decided, like, well, I'm I'm the predator here. So, fucking game but that's on. what I love about it. I, lo- I love that reference to the various aspects of Superman that, you, you know, are, are so prominent within. Like, he's he's got hyper-intelligence. You know, they make reference to his straight A's and everything like mm. that. So it's like, yeah, like he's a, he looks like a normal kid, but he's anything but normal. Yeah. You know? And um, that moment where he talks about the, the wasps and stuff was so, wow, like it was kind of gruesome. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but did you notice that the teacher was um, the blondie from Peacemaker? No, I didn't. Fuck. Yeah. Huh. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, she looks very familiar. And I looked up the cast and went, oh, my God, it's James Gunn's missus. Yeah, oh, dude. Wow. There super you go. cool. <laughs> yeah, super cool. So there you go. But, um, yeah, I was I was really into the mask. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, it made me wonder if, like, if that's something that is adapted in his home world. Like, if that's, you know, if, if that's yeah. what they yeah. look like. Over there, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just riffing ideas here, but I'm assuming that the mask and the cape that he wears, are, um, like Superman, it, it's what the, they found him wrapped up in. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You kind of like that's a really good point, man. Because it's like you kind of think like, well, you know, maybe that mask is something that is a version of that exists on his home world, like it, an armor or something like that. that that's you know, what I felt. Yeah, that could be totally a thing. I love, 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 love. And I kind of wish, like, in a perfect world, I feel like we would get sequels to this and, like, mm. a whole almost evil Justice League. That would um, be so cool. But I love the post credit scene where they took, like, Michael Rooker's there. It's just, so like, I love good. Michael Rooker showing up so in anything. Good. Yeah, but like where he's talking about like you know the evil Aquaman that's yeah. you know an urban myth and the Wonder Woman like evil Wonder Woman archetype yeah. that's out there yeah. like strangling people with a golden rope. It's like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Like, don't tease me and not give yeah. me more. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I don't know. There's part of me that's kind of surprised that there isn't like a comic book series adapted like IDW or Dynamite. I literally was thinking that the other day. It's like okay, we're obviously not getting a sequel because it's been too long unless they're going like, to save it and do one where he's more of an adult, um, which would also be cool. But I was like, I can't believe no one's continued this or done a sequel in the comics or yeah. like no one's like IDW or Boom or someone hasn't yeah. picked it up and run with it. Because I think it'd, it'd make a neat little, um, even a... Uh, you know, six-part miniseries, which seems to be all the rage right now that a lot yeah. of companies are doing limited runs. And I think that's great for, you know, for collectors. Um, mm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this movie is like, we'd love to see a sequel, but at the same time, I think this, I, I, I don't know, it just screams like a cult classic. It's just, yeah. it's just that kind of movie that you know, you know, and you want it to continue, but you know, it's, perfection yeah in a singular form 
Well, I think I feel like that's like a lot of a lot of stuff that like you and I both love, and yeah, you know, it's like you want there to be more, but you also like having it be like like we're talking about with Hellfest, like having it just be this single perfect thing, yeah, that isn't out there because it's like you know what. When I, I feel like with so much stuff, when you get more, you kind of wish you didn't. Like, you know. Yeah. Sequels it, have like, a tendency to wash, just like dilute in the wash. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, man, it's like when you're a kid and you're watching Star Wars and you hear Obi-Wan talking about Vader when he was Anakin and stuff like that. Yeah. And you just, you get this image in your mind of like, oh, fuck, man, him and Ben Kenobi were like these fucking ass-kicking samurai knights that fucking cruised around the galaxy getting into adventures. And yeah. he was fucking, he was fucking like Maverick in an X-Wing and he was such mm-hmm. a great pilot and all that. Mm-hmm. And you get all these ideas just from what's mentioned in the film you're watching and you create all this stuff in your head. And then when they do the origin, you're just like, oh, that was way less cool than what I thought. Yeah. And... It's, it's, it's like when you, you, you know, like um, speaking of horror franchises, like when you watch, say, the Final Destination films or the Scream films, it's like, I don't know about you, but I can't, you know, if you ask me, oh, what do you like about Scream 3 or Final Destination 4? I couldn't tell you. I just go, um, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, dude, scream is a whole thing that we need to talk about one day. Cause I'm oh, like, for sure, for sure. There, there were so many things that could have gone right with scream that didn't thank you. Weinsteins, you pieces of shit. Um, I mean, cause I mean, scream, scream is fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah. And like, yeah, scream, but that's exactly it, man. It's like scream three is such a, I can't bring myself to hate it because I love Scream in yeah, so far as like Scream is my horror franchise that I've gotten to see every single one in the cinema. Same you know, I, I wish I could have done that with like Elm Street or Friday the 13th, but you know. I did miss the last Scream. Five Cream? Sadly. Yeah, I, uh, I, I missed it. I think, it's out, I think it's out on uh, street, uh, digital and shit now. Yeah, but I, I missed seeing it on the big screen. So yeah, yeah I'm a bit bummed, but anyway. But, um, yeah, I just I just feel like, you know, a, a sequel to Brightburn, it's like, in theory, it would be so cool, but it's like, it in would reality, be. would it be crap? Like, Well, I mean, wouldn't you be sad after such a great, dramatic, horrific film that's just so perfect in so many ways? I, I just feel like the, the expectations would be just too high with a mm. sequel. Like, how he'd look, how he'd relate to... I don't know. It maybe maybe it'd be really cool. I don't know, but I just I can't, I'm kind of grateful that they haven't yeah. gone down that path. Well, I feel like there's so much potential for it because it's like you know, essentially, like really, like bringing it back to the comics. It's like you could theoretically do like this could be you could basically spin this into like a oh this is Earth three and this is the start was, of the fucking was, crime scene dude, you know he's in a pod man I was just thinking about that I was like dude I, I've just gotten um th- the war of Earth three whatever it's yeah, called yeah 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 I just read the first two yeah it's good yeah yeah man yeah yeah Fuck yeah it yeah. starts off really good like good um, good but like yeah I mean I feel like that is it, it's on par with that, you know, like the crime syndicate. It's, I feel like Burn sequel would fall down that path, you know? Um, well, that's the thing. It's like that, that could be, I feel like that could be 
if it was done well, really fucking cool. Like yeah. you could have like, you know, an evil flash, like, you know, evil green land and stuff like that. Like, you know, you could, I mean, but I worry that like Hollywood being Hollywood, it's like, if they did a sequel, would they try and redeem him somehow mm. and turn him into a hero of some sort? Cause it's like, I feel like, like conflicted. This, yeah. I feel like there's this whole thing with Hollywood where it's like, they're scared to have the villains be villains. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's like, oh, yeah, well, we can't have the Punisher be a serial killer. It's like, that's what he fucking is. Like, okay, he only kills bad people, but he's a murderer. Like, yeah. stop trying to make him into a heroic character. Like, that's hey, not uh, what the dude's about. Quick side note, have you read Punisher 1? No, not yet. Not yet. Do it. It's fucking great. I don't give a fuck yeah. what anyone says. I know everyone's hating on this fucking, the new logo, but dude, nah, dude, there's a fucking good reason for it. And I love that they explored it. And well, and the thing is too, it's like that new logo is not going to last. Like we all know it. It's comics. No, nah, look, man, look, I, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but dude, the Punisher becomes the leader of the hand. Yeah. I knew that was happening, which is insane and, and so crazy. And I'm there for it. Dude, it, I think for a first issue, it fucking rocks. I loved it. Well, and it's horror. has it, It's fucking intense violence. Well, it's Jason Aaron, man. Like, did you ever read, like, not to not to sidetrack into the Punisher, but did you ever read his Punisher Max run? Um, I read some of it and I fucking loved it. it was... Dude, it was so fucking good. And it's like he killed him at the end of it. Like, yeah, they really like went. They really followed the no Punisher Max is like a realistic depiction of Frank Castle, and this guy was in Vietnam, and he's now in his seventies. And mm. like Jason Aaron really went with like, okay, he's in his seventies. What does that mean? Well, he's losing a step because he's been doing this for like fucking forty odd years. Yeah, and like, yeah, he he knocks him off at the end of it, and it was fucking good. Well, man. I get that same kind of love in this new Punisher series, man. I yeah. like the Punisher. It, it's it's like when they put Daredevil in charge of the hand. Now with the Punisher in charge of the hand, it's fucking incredible. It's like yeah. judge, jury, executioner with an army. Yeah. It's fucking. It's a great concept. And because I saw, uh, what was it? He pops up in the last page of uh, Daredevil Woman Without Fear. The, oh, wow. Uh, Devil's Reign crossover. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he pops up in the very last page of that because that whole miniseries deals with Electra and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there's mm-hmm. like, you know, a little bit of a subplot with the hand and all that. And like, yeah, last page, like the chick that's been, you know, sort of going at it with Electra goes back to like see her um, handler who works for the hand and they open up this door and here's Frank in the whole outfit. And, you know, like, you know, all right, let's Sick. go to work. And it's like, whoa. whoa. The <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, a lot of the the logo is explained in this, you know, because obviously being the leader of the hand and stuff, it's, you know, ties in with all that. But yeah. you see you see the nod to the original logo um, and he's he doesn't he doesn't turn his back on it by any means. If anything, he respects he respects the logo with with a very um, deep sentiment. Yeah, and you'll see it in the comic, and um, yeah, uh, it's fucking great. I, I yeah, well, man, I, it's great. Yeah, I, I I had complete faith in it from the get go because it's like okay, it's Jason Aaron. Um, 
I'm totally there for it. Like he's gonna, he's not going to do it for an arbitrary reason. Like he's going to have a good story reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just like, well, it's comics. Like you know, give it five or ten years, and totally. Frank will be back to be being Frank. Like you know, yeah. I was like, I remember people saying to me like, oh man, you know, what about Wolverine being dead? I'm like, dude, he's going to come back. They all come back. Dude. <laughs> they always do. They like, all come back. You know, like it's, it, it's comics. This is how yeah. it works. So they'll try something new for a bit and then they'll incorporate that into like returning them to their roots and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure the X-Men are going to be back at the fucking X-Mansion in about 10 years anyway. The whole Krakoa thing will be forgotten, even though I kind of like it. Yeah, you know, exactly, it's, man. It's comics. It's like, you know, it it's a very cyclic nature to it. There, there really is, man. I fucking love it. I love that about it. And, and yeah. it's, it's, even though it's predictable, it's, the way it's done that I appreciate. Well, man, and that's the thing. And going back to Brightburn, it's yes. like... I was Brightburn, feeling the same way. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Brightburn is not original in any sense. No. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people when it came out were like, oh, it's so original. It's like, well, it's not if you've read a comic in the last 20 or so years. Exactly. But it's the way that it's done that makes it so fucking good because it is a genuine, like we've seen evil Superman. We've seen evil Superman riffs in everything. Like I said, from Homelander to Hyperion to, you know, Injustice, Supreme, fucking Omni-Man and Invincible. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's been done, but it's like the way that Brightburn does it is so great because it's like they go, no, Instead of this being like a, a dark sort of superhero story, it's this is a horror story yeah. where a character just happens to be Superman, which I, I I'm fucking I love like yeah. I love I love anything that takes something that's like this is something from this genre and we're gonna plop it in here like in a perfect world I would be paid a lot of money to write a Punisher meets or Wolverine in hostel situation yeah. Because I had fantasies about how cool I could make that, dude. I fucking um, you you just triggered a, a memory. I had a conversation. Um, one of my favorite artists, who's a Brisbaneite, man Nichols. He um he does he does stuff for Dark Horse and Marvel a fair yeah. bit. And he, I I remember I bought one of his pictures at Supernova once, and it was a really cool artist rendition he did of Wolverine as Ghost Rider. Oh, that's rad. And I went, that is one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen. And, you know, for years I've, t- I've said to him, dude, you need to do a what if. And I took it to the next level over lockdown in the last two years. And I wrote like a treatment for it. I said, look, here's my idea. And he's like, uh, he was just uh, a little bit surprised with it. You know, I yeah. had this, had this fucking crazy ass idea for it. Like, um, I think it was Kitty Pride, uh, Kitty Pride. I think it was that gets murdered by Sabretooth after you know after an invasion from the Sentinels and uh, you know <laughs> Black Tom Cassidy and Sabretooth. They fucking kill, they kill um, Kitty Pride and Wolverine. Yeah. Just fucking just sees red and he's you know and they disappear before he can get to them and he's like I'll fucking you know I'll I'll you know I'll sell my soul to the devil to fucking find you and kill you and and yeah. Mephisto appears from behind a tree and goes I might be able to help you with that you know and uh, yeah, rad. <laughs> you know and uh basically yeah you know it just there into this whole hell I called him Helverine you know 
Oh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh no, man, I, I used to have this really great idea of like a pun, like, cause you know, the whole, um, like there, there was two, I was like, how cool would it be? Like you've got the setup for hostel, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like Frank Castle decides to go after them oh, or, you know, yes. Logan's tripping around Europe. Yes. Stumbles onto all these missing kids and is just like, right, I'm going to fucking get these guys. Um, you know, and like ha- having, you know, getting himself captured and like, you know, okay, go ahead, torture me, I'll heal, and then you're fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah, but or you know, or either that or you know, Frank tracking down Mick Taylor from Wolf Creek. Fuck yes. Um, like, oh, that could be so cool. Like, because um, because the one thing that bothers me about Wolf Creek and no shots at Greg McLean, fucking great movies. I find them, movies. I find them really scary because I've met people like Mick Taylor. Yep, yep. And it's really scary to think like, fuck, you know, okay, what if this bogan piece of shit went a step further? Yeah. That's, that's unnerving. Um, yeah. I love the TV but, series as well. Well, and the one th- I haven't seen the TV series, oh, but the one thing that always bugged me is that like, he keeps getting away with it. And it's just yeah. like, oh, you're such a fucking Ivan Milat. Bogan fucking sack of shit. I want to see you die on screen. Yeah. And again, it's that's because it's so well done. Like John Jarrett plays such a great character to the hilt. You know, McLean just Greg just directs the fuck out of it, just writes such a despicable human being that like it does get to me. Because that's the thing. It's like people are like, oh yeah, but you hate Wolf Creek. It's like, no, I don't hate Wolf Creek. It it disturbs me a lot because I've met people like that, so it's frightening to me. Like, yeah. it's fucking but yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Marvel, but... let me write the Punisher taking down this guy. Like, <laughs> let me fulfill this little bit of fucking vicarious yeah, justice. Yeah, no, it's fucking cool, man. Um, but yeah, man, like Brightburn, I think as a as a comic series would be great, but I think the fact that we've been given this incredible film, which is still, you know, it's still fairly new. It's, I mean, 2019. Yeah. yeah 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's still pretty fresh in our memories. Um, but dude, the impact is just like, if you didn't see this at the film at the movies, fuck you missed out, man. Cause yeah. some of those scenes on the big screen, which is so fucking amazing. Uh, I mean, dude, this scene where he flies the mother up through the that the, was... the barn yeah. roof up into like you know essentially the stratosphere yeah, is like it was so good. Wow, and it's such a tragic moment too. It is, it like, is yeah. because it, I think that's that that's that final moment. Like that whole scene, um, I was fucking spewing at her when she had the opportunity to kill him with that, mm. that piece of shrapnel from his ship. Yeah. And she just, um, why did she pull her arm so far back? It's like, yeah. dude, just short fucking yep. stab would yep. have been sufficient. Bang, straight in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Like just dude, like it would have been great, but I think it was just, I, I don't know. It was just the nature of the scene, but it was. Is, is it? Is it just that you and I may have spent a little bit too much time thinking about how the best way to murder people is? Possibly, possibly. <laughs> it's like, well, see, I would have done it like that. And he just would have been fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
Like, I, I didn't actually think about the slitting of the throat, but that's a good point, Jake. I think that's... Oh, I, that, that's what I thought. I was mm. just like, you know, bang, straight up into the jugular. Blah, that would have been done. good. Yeah. Like, leave it in there. Let it poison him a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, it, it cut him really good in the earlier in the film. So... Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you know, if anyone's worried, I, I do see a therapist. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. We're perfectly sane. <laughs> you, you can trust me. Like, I haven't been anywhere where people went missing. or I was out of town when that shit happened. <laughs> Fear of a black hat style. <laughs> nah, man, we was out of town when that shit went down. <laughs> oh that's gold that's gold but um oh dude that that scene like the moment where he looks at the the look on his face when he looks at his mum, yeah that's the moment when you just see all humanity anything that was good left in him was gone in that second yeah and i just went whoever wrote that scene stroke of genius like oh absolutely and, and then, and, like, yeah, the know, flying then up. the plane coming as oh. well. It's just like, oh, this is wasn't that brilliant. Good. Like, yeah, you don't see how it's done. I, I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been cool to see. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure maybe it's somewhere out there's a deleted scene. I don't know, but um, wow, just the fact that you, the look on he on his face in that split second, you can just see alibi. You know, yeah. it was yeah, ah, oh, just like the. the the kid is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Like, he is, I mean, even one of yeah. the deaths that you don't, you don't, well, you sort of see it, but it's like, it's in the background when the mother's hiding mm. and he's got that deputy and he's just oh. slamming her up and down Dude. in the background. And it's that just like great. so brutal. It's like, whoa. Yeah. That was like the brutal version of Hulk smashing Loki in Avengers. Yeah. It was fucking cool. It really was. It was like, whoa. But way more violent. And then when he just tosses the body right near his mum and you just see the blood just gurgling out of her. It was like, oh, wow. Like, that's one thing that this movie delivers in spades is the level of gore and attention to detail in the death scenes is so good. Well, and I, I feel like, you know, like we were talking about, it's like, okay, it's not original, but like doing it as a horror story, it's like, it, it just, you can't help, but like, since, since you know, this is essentially Superman, the mm. horror movie, mm. you can't help but sort of go like, holy fuck, this is what would happen if Superman cut loose and had no conscience. Yeah. And Agreed. it's like, it is terrifying. And yeah. it's like, and it's also like, you know, you also like on top of that, you're like, and this is when he's a kid. What the fuck happens when he grows up? Like, I mean, that's the terrifying aspect of this film. We are seeing this level of evil at, yeah. at age 12. Yeah. Like, and, and I love the subtlety of where it starts. You know, it comes full circle. Like, yeah, right at the end with, um, you know, with, with all the, the news footage of the buildings being yeah. smashed and that, like, that is, um, wow, that's just brutal, man. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, adult um, Brandon would be terrifying. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. And, I mean, you know, you're sort of seeing, you're seeing all this and it's like, okay, he had all the makings of, you know, a path to being a decent human being or decent alien Raised yeah. human, but it's like obviously that just isn't enough. And I mean, I, I kind of like I love that. 
um, I love where he burns his little logo into the cornfield. That was so cool. It's such a kid thing to do. It's like, it's like, okay, you're essentially like, you know, carving your little, your initials on the desk at school, Mm. except the desk is a planet. (laughs) Yeah. I love that shit. But I love, I love all those little signatures. Like I love that, you know, when he um, murdered his uncle, which is probably my favorite death scene in that film. Yeah. Uh, Like, Uh, the, the, <laughs> I love the bit where, you know, when he, you know, you watch his fucking face smash through the steering wheel uh, and just dislocate his jaw completely. <laughs> like, and the fact that he picks his jaw up and tries to hold it in place and try to talk to him is fucking great. Yeah. Like, and, and, the, and Brandon just stands there emotionless. Like, yeah. just, like, that was incredible. Like, that whole scene was just mind-blowing and and just the way he he um sticks his hand in and and wipes a bit of blood off and i thought he was going to lick it at first but yeah (laughs) it ends up writing his uh his logo on the ground in front i thought yeah wow that was super cool yeah that's that's the thing man it's like it's so like I, i i always wish this had started like a trend of like you know, superhero style horror movies, like not even so much sequels, but like, you know, how Hollywood gets with like, you know, Oh, this yeah. thing did well. Let's do five more of them. Like, yeah. That. And it, I just, yeah, it just could have been so cool to see. And you know what? I, I actually don't think that's a bad idea at all. I think it's actually a pretty cool idea. Like, I mean, if they did like, you know, let's say, let's say we do an Aquaman movie, right? Mm. Um, and everyone that watches it goes, oh, yeah, this is Aquaman. But it's fucking horror to the nth degree. Like, yeah, we're talking, you know, this is um, you, you murder my you murder my world. Now I'm going to destroy your world type. Yeah. Thing, you know, like, I would love to see that shit. That would be cool. Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, a... like, uh, say, say like a Japanese whaling um whaling ships out there in the ocean and you just see this guy just cut sick yeah like that would be fucking yeah insanely cool or um you know uh, a wonder woman like character that just comes to you know comes to the world to just deliver i don't know this almost dominatrix style of fucking just pure evil what i don't is, know like imagine the flash as a superpowered serial killer Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, it's like the possibilities for like, you know, twisting some of these things that we know into like horror versions. Yeah, like it's it, really cool because it's yeah. like, look, I love comics, I love horror. Put those together, it's a fucking Reese's peanut butter cup, man. Totally, it's man. Like, totally. It's the best thing ever. Totally. I know, and I mean, it, it doesn't have to limit itself to DC. You know, you could you could play off some of the Marvel like aspects as well like if there was a way you could do like a an evil evil version of captain america or they uh, actually have oh dude you've got to watch you've got to watch have you seen a movie called the guest no oh dude fucking check it out man it is essentially an evil captain america movie sick um yeah oh fuck who was it um dan oh god he directed your next as well Um, yeah yeah, dude. It, yeah, check out the guest man, and we will we will talk about it because it's awesome. fucking great. 
cool. Like, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Um, like, it would be yeah, cool yeah, to see, yeah, like, absolutely. a alternate, like, things. Like, like say, a version of Spider-Man where um, he gets bitten by a spider, but he's not exactly a, a well-balanced kid after that, you know? Like, shit yeah. goes wrong. You know, like, I don't know, kind of like Jeff Goldblum with The Fly. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like, it would be cool to see mutations, uh you know, and I, I don't know. It would be kind of cool to see a bit of a horror universe with superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely, man. I mean, like, you know, a full-on... I mean, they have done, like, full-on horror versions of the Hulk in the comics and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's the thing. I don't want to see... I don't want to see traditional Superman going evil because I don't feel like that fits with the character. But no. if you're going to do an analogue of that character where it's like, okay, this is pretty much the character you know, but we're naming them something different. They're, mm-hmm. they're not this thing, and they're in a horror universe. Yep. I am so fucking showing up for it. Like, you know, I'm showing up for an Aquaman that's like a riff on Creature from the Black Lagoon or something like that. Like, I'm yeah. there. Like, you know, um, I'm, I'm there for, like, you know, Peter Parker turned, like, well, not Peter Parker, like, Paul person turns into fucking <laughs> a spider-man version of the fly like you know i i think it's just like because it's like you know you don't want to see you don't always want to see like I, I i always say this to you know people when they're like you know oh well this is grim and gritty and it should be blah 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 it's like yeah but like i don't want to see a grim and gritty shazam in the same way that i don't want to see a kid-friendly ghost rider exactly or punisher or you know whatever Mm. so you know or blade or something like that so it's like you know if you can take like that concept and twist it over as its own complete separate thing that is not you know the thing that we know and love i'm fucking totally cool for it yeah and that's what i loved about this it's like okay cool yep you're doing evil superman but you know you're not fucking up superman while you're doing it neat exactly and not once do you think it's superboy or anything like you don't think about any of that you just think this is we're watching a, a kid that doesn't realize he's, you know, he's not like any other kid, you know, yeah. and, and that realization that he's not of this world, the realization that he has a greater purpose, you know, all yeah. those things that Superman discovers mm-hmm. as well, the parallels, but yeah. down, down a darker path. Yeah. I fucking love that. And yeah. um, his concept of love and lust is that is, the, the, you know, with the whole puberty thing, I yeah. fucking love that. When um when the parents find his stash of girly mags or girly paraphernalia yeah, yeah, on yeah. the bed, but I love the the how it starts off. You know, oh wow, okay, this is interesting, and then bits of the girls are scratched out, and then it starts revealing autopsies, you know, like anatomies, oh, of... and that body that the mother discovers near the ship. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like all that sort of stuff. Like, uh, I, I love that. I, I love how they explored that. And, you know, when, um, you know, when the dad tries to give him the talk about the birds and the bees and he just, you know, uh, takes a different interpretation and starts stalking that girl. Yeah. Uh, the way he does is, man, fucking well done. Yeah, yeah. That was that's so the, That's creepy. the thing. Like, I, I, I love that they just, they take great um, efforts or, or, yeah, they take a, a really big effort at every point to show how alien this kid is becoming. Yeah. 
that it's not even like he's not even like, oh, well, you know, I'm embracing my human heritage as well or anything. It's just like, no, once he kind of snaps, it's like he's just people aren't people to him. It's just like he's, you know, fucking like looking at an ant farm, basically. You know, it's just like you're all just like beneath me and not even the same thing as me. So that's why, I mean, again, you know, that's why I loved about, the all the scenes where he realizes this and he proceeds to start floating above yeah. everybody in every every opportunity. I, I fucking love that shit. It was that was so cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Great man. movie. It's, it's it's a great flick. Like, yeah, you you really gotta you gotta check it out if you haven't seen it. It's very cool. Yeah, the especially Blu-ray. if you if you like comics or horror or like yeah, you're like what the fuck like horror movie with Superman. Like, what the I fuck mean, is that? Just yeah, that, great. that's what I love about the film. I I. I feel like it's it's the kind of movie that they've just gone, wouldn't it be cool if this and this happened and they've just gone and done it? Yeah. Like, that is fucking cool, man. I, yeah. I, love, I love that shit. And, and I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, for, for anyone that sort of like would shit on it for being unoriginal, it's like that, I think that's a great wellspring because I, I often do that if I'm watching a film or something like that and I latch on to an idea in it and they don't really explore that idea more. I instantly, you know, being a, a writer, arty person, just kind of go, that was such a cool idea. I wonder, like, what if you explored that idea more? And, you know, that's always the wellspring of, like, you know, the start of great sort of, you know, potential projects or something like that is just yeah. kind of, like, latch onto, like, a little idea or, like, a little something and just go, Oh, what if they got more out of that and did this with it? And I think that's, you know, that's like you said, man, that's the great thing about Brightburn. It's like basically like, you know, hey, what if you had this, but all of this shit went differently? Yeah, totally, man. And, and you know, it, it's such an exciting film. And, you know, whether they decide to eventually do a sequel from it or, or um, I, I, I love I love the idea that we talked about with, you know, exploring different um, versions of superheroes in yeah. a horror perspective. I think, I definitely think there's a market for that. Oh and, man, um, absolutely, yeah. I, I definitely would de- easily see an Aquaman. I reckon there would be a great Aquaman film. Oh, dude, yeah, for sure. Like for sure, or even um, like even almost like Green Lantern or something like that. Like, what if yeah, you, totally. know, you had like this intergalactic police force but they weren't exactly good you know like or this guy that finds you know a a guy that gets the ring but has the you know the imagination and and the mindset of a a serial killer yeah 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 it's like you know what if jeffrey dahmer found the green (laughs) exactly like fuck whoa (laughs) yeah like totally like that would just be nuts man yeah um yeah the possibilities are endless but i'm so glad that um we live in an age where we've been graced with such a fucking brilliant film like this. And mm. um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, we're, you know, it's a good time to be alive because we're, we're copping so much good stuff right now. Um, did you, wh- what was your thoughts on Moon Knight? Oh, I wasn't sure whether we were going to talk about Moon Knight. No, now no. We going to talk about it with Rad. Look, I, I feel Moon Knight falls into the dark part of things, so I, yeah. I don't know. I, well, there, I don't was, know. There, was, there was something else that I wanted to have a quick chat about. Okay, as let's, well let's do that. We but well, like, you... I'm, I'm happy to talk Moon Knight. We could do both. 
do you think Moon Knight's more of a rad topic or, or a Freaky I, Friday topic? I don't know, man. I think we could go for both. I mean, Moon Knight is kind of horror-based, so... Well, that's how I feel about it. I yeah. feel like it's it's a bit more on the darker side of things, so... Yeah. I... I... Uh, I really liked bits of it. There was some stuff that I absolutely hated. Um... I, I look. I loved. I loved that. I look. I thought Oscar Isaac's fucking brilliant. I think, dude. I great. thought he was great. I think he was awesome. great in everything. Yeah. Um, I love that when we finally saw Moon Knight, he was just this fucking violent beast of a creature that just like beat the living fuck out of whatever that monster was. Yeah, I like that. I, that bit where like you know the monster's trying to escape and he just drags it back into the toilets dude, was like, oh, was that's that? perfect. Yeah, I thought Ethan Hawke was great. I just, yeah, I just marvel. Why do you have to insert fucking stupid comedy beats into everything? Like that whole body comedy thing mm. where he's like keeping the cat scarab away from Ethan Hawke. Yeah, just yeah. did not work for me at all. I thought it was just so the complete opposite of everything. Like you're creating this really dark world with this character with a serious mental illness and then you've got like a Mr. Bean sketch in the fucking middle of it. I feel like that's the magic of Disney. The yeah. influence of Disney in there. And I think that's the that's the consequence of signing the deal with the devil. It's mm. um, with the yeah, the the fucking and, then, and the devil has mouse ears. Yeah, and and then they want like, you know, and then we've got a, a truck chase with wake me up before you go go. I'm just like yeah. I'm watching it. I'm just like going Fuck, I hope Disney don't ever do a Ghost Rider series because I'm going to see him beating the fuck out of monsters to Bicycle by Queen or something like that. Or maybe Nickelback or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Or like, you know, like, uh, just why? It just yeah. it just felt so out of place. And yeah. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, look, really? I, I, I'm, I... I'm sticking I with it. Yeah, I, I agree with the, the comedy... The comedy was a bit unnecessary, but I feel like it added to the the goofiness of that persona. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're going to see more of Mark Spector in later episodes, which um, I I'm happy if they ditch the fucking goofy British persona. Well, I don't know why they changed that because it's like Stephen Grant is supposed to be like this wealthy, suave millionaire character. And then you've got like Jake Lockley, who's one of the other identities, who's mm. like this down on his luck, New York cabbie who like associates with all the scumbags. And, you know, that's how Moon Knight gets information from the street. And I just kind of thought like, well, if you want to have a character that's a loser and down on his luck and stuff like that, why not do the Jake Lockley thing? Like, yeah, like he's a cabbie. You can totally riff on Taxi Driver with De Niro for that, which would be so great. Yeah, they're, they're... I'm just like, why did you turn Stephen Grant into this goofball Hugh Grant style fop? Yeah, like... I'm I'm a little bit confused with that. So I, I don't. It's know. just a weird choice. Like, it'll be interesting interesting to see where it goes. Uh, and I hope. Um, I really hope I... that. It, it does go in the uphill direction. Yeah. I'm, I'll, look, I'll stick with it because I love the character. And I thought the stuff with Konshu was great. Yeah, Konshu was great in it. I fucking like, love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was big on that. Like, that yeah. was... That whole scene where he's stalking down the hallway when he's in the elevator, I thought, that's fucking great. That's, yeah. you know, chef's kiss. Good stuff. Yeah, and, and, and I, I kind of... 
I kind of love the fact that we didn't get Moon Knight from the get go. We got Moon Knight at the very end. I thought that was yeah. Cool. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, like they didn't deal everything. They they gave us more of the character behind yeah. it, and um, I feel like we're going to see more of the background in upcoming episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, the stuff with the stuff with Mark Spector like was great, where he's like talking to him and stuff like that. I mean, I'm mm. not sure about how I feel about Moon Knight's costume slithering over him like it's a white version of Venom. Yeah, and... that I was going to ask you about that because I was a bit, mm, I don't know about this, but I think there's, yeah, I I, I hope that there's a lot more of explained with the Conchu. Um, aspects so maybe yeah. that all plays into it and the scar I'm, I'm really waiting to see what they do with it all because it's like the fact that you're dealing with a character who does have like a dissociative identity disorder and you know there have been entire comic runs that have been set entirely in his head I'm like they could theoretically pull the rug on this series any point and flip everything on its head so Mm. i'm at the moment i'm like okay there's shit that i love there's shit that i don't like i I mean that that scene in the restaurant where he realizes he's lost two days and it's sunday not friday yeah i thought he killed that scene i thought that was was good fucking really good and such a great moment and like you can just see him crumbling and just going like, "What the fuck?" Like, I thought that was so well done. Yeah. So I'm I'm going along with the ride at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a good ride so far. It's off to a good yeah. start. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for where it goes, and uh, I think we got given a, a decent amount of action in there as well. Um, yeah, I think everyone should hang in there. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, no, it's off to a good start. What what um, what were you going to ask me? I was going to ask you if you'd heard about the Crow news. Ah, yes. I I don't know if there was an April Fool's joke or what, but... Um... No, it's real. It's real. There's been more news come out today, and I'm... So, okay, years ago, James O'Barr was on a panel, right? Mm-hmm. And he was saying that the Crow remake that was happening at that point, uh, I think at that point Luke Evans was still attached to it, Right, because this thing has been through Mark Wahlberg, Bradley Cooper, Tom oh, Hiddleston, wow. Luke Evans, Jason Momoa, and probably about five other people that I can't remember right now. And yeah, um, and I think the guy that directed the Nun was going to be directing. Oh wow! Okay. So hope, confidence was really fucking high at that point, bro. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and James O'Barr was saying like this isn't going to be a remake of the movie. It's going to be a direct adaption of his comic, and it was going to have a brand new soundtrack which he was supervising. Um, and it was going to be like the original soundtrack where he was going to get artists to record new songs specifically for the soundtrack. I was so fucking on board with that. Like I was like, oh god, yes, please. It's beautiful. Like. I, I felt like, yeah, man seeing space for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this one, um, yeah, first of all, like, I think Bill Skarsgård could do a really good job. I think so. Like, I really think he could do a good job. Like, I think he's a great actor. I think, like, the physicality that he brought to Pennywise. Yeah, absolutely. Would be great for it. Um, I'm really not hot on the director. Yeah. Like. 
because there's like I came in like Snow White and the Huntsman was all right. Like I didn't I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. It had some nice visuals. Ghost in the Shell, on the other hand, was such a bucket of crap. <laughs> <laughs> See, I haven't seen either of those films, so uh, yeah. yeah, dude, you are I not. Think, missing I think anything. I'm going to keep it that way. Look, Snow White and the Huntsman is not a bad film. Uh, right. It's a good little like medieval kind of fantasy epic thing. Like it's got some nice visuals in there and stuff like that. Ghost in the Shell, just avoid. Like watch the anime if you really feel the need to watch it. Um, sure. Just the movie is terrible. But they've cast an actress today, and this is this is where I kind of went all the way back around to. Oh, this is going to be awful. Mm. So they've cast an actress as Shelley, which you know, if you're familiar with The Crow, is Eric Draven's fiance who was raped and murdered, and you know, mm-hmm. spends most of the movie dead, except when she shows up as a ghost at the end to take him back to the afterlife. Like yep. she's you know a whole reason why he comes back from the dead and goes on a murder spree. So they cast this actress today, and it's like, I don't care about the actress. Like, I'm sure she's great. But the stuff that came along with it was like, oh, yeah, she's going to be a co-lead in the movie. We know she was dead for most of the original film and story, but in this one, she's more of a co-lead. And it's a modern reimagining of James O'Barr's graphic novel. And Mm. I'm just like, ah. It's, yeah, I don't know. None of that sounds good to me, man. Like, yeah, and I, I, I love, I've, I read the graphic novel when I was 16 years old and it literally changed my world. Like, yeah, was, for, for all of us, it was revolutionary. It, it, yeah. Like, it was such a like signature before, of that time. Yeah. Like, before I saw the film, like, I read the graphic novel and it was like, holy fuck. I did not realize comics could be like this. What have I read? I want more. Mm. Um, And to this day, it and Daredevil Born Again are my two favorite comics of all time. Um, And I just, a modern reimagining, like, eh, Mm. is he going to look up Tintin's Instagram profile to like track him down and kill him? Yeah. I. I, I'm I'm curious to see what they'll do with it. I Oh look man, I have no illusions that I will go and see it. Yeah, um, of course. Because like I even watched the one with Edward Furlong, uh which I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but I um I I'm yeah. um, I, I don't know, I'm kinda I'm I'm hoping like I, I guess I'll wait for a trailer, I'll wait for some more information, but at this point, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, there's every chance that this thing will fucking die on the vine like every other one has. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm kind of like, I'm, it's I'm a not tough sure one. on this one. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, I like any movie, I, I keep a very open mind about these things. I try not to read too deep into these things. Um but it'll be interesting to see what they do with it, how loyal they stay to James O'Barr's vision, more importantly. Yeah. Um, I hope that it complements it, if anything. If it's a modern retelling of a great story, I'm okay with that. As long as it's not, um, it doesn't stray too far from O'Barr's vision. I, I always kind of feel like 
if you were ever going to redo The Crow, you would set it in the 80s when he originally wrote it and drew it. Yes. Um, in Detroit, you would make it that very grungy, you know, the streets from the Warriors kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you would have a full-on, like, the soundtrack would be loaded with, like, The Cure, Sisters of Mercy, Joy Division, Skinny Puppy, stuff like that. Bauhaus. So, yeah, Bauhaus, Susie and the Banshees, you yep. know. The Stooges, stuff like that. Alien like, yeah. Sex Fiend. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Mate, we should just put the soundtrack together and present it to them. Oh, fucking goddamn right. Mm. But I just, I feel like that's the perfect, if you're going to do a direct adaption of the comic, like a really faithful, you know, Sin City 300 Watchmen vibe that you're going for, that would be the way to do it. Um, like, I, you know, I, I just feel like if you're going to, you know, do your own thing, just make it a different character. Like you yeah. could adapt any of the number of comics that came after Obar's original that he greenlit. Mm. Um, you could just write a whole new character. It's just like, look, just leave Eric Draven alone. Like that story is so iconic and pure that like, you know, and look, the first film I love to death. But, I mean, it did stray pretty far from the comic. Like, I feel like it got the spirit of it right. Yeah. But it did change a lot of stuff from the original graphic novel. And, but like, you know, it did get, like I said, it got the heart and soul intact. So it's like, well, you know, it's already there. Like, you know, why remake that and did such a good job? Like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do the comic, I'm fucking a hundred percent in. Like, if you're going to try and remake the film, I'm not so sure. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I guess I guess we'll wait and see what the uh, the details come out with. And, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's 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 a while away yet, I guess. So yeah, you know, lots of things could change. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of like, <gasps> yeah. why, why, why? Maybe, uh, maybe uh, I don't know. Off the cuff question of sorts to add on to that. Maybe we should do next week's um, Freaky Friday episode about the crow. Um, <laughs> is that even a question? No, I'm just saying. I, I'm just putting it twist, out there. Twist my arm. Like, yeah. you know, like. like I, yeah. I feel like we should. I mean, I've seen everything except for the Mark Cascos TV series. Uh, well, I've, I've, I've seen that. I have everything. The only one I don't own is the last one with Edward Furlong. And <laughs> I don't think they can even give that thing away, can they? Dude, I, you, you know, man, you would be surprised. It is really rare and hard to find on Blu-ray and goes for quite a lot of money. And I, <laughs> cause I, I briefly last time we did a crow marathon in this house, I was like, Maybe I should just get Wicked Prayer to round out the collection. Yeah. I looked on eBay, saw what it was going for, and I'm like, who the fuck is going to pay anything over $2 for that piece of shit? I mean, like... no, no offense to Tara Reid, but when you see Tara Reid's name listed in that movie, in a movie like that, you kind of, that should be the warning bell alone. I look at it, I'm like, David Boreanaz. Don't you do proper TV shows? Yeah. Dennis Hopper, weren't you in Easy Rider? Like Exactly. Why are you in this thing? And the worst part of it for me was it's like, it's the first Crow film without a soundtrack. Like, ne- never mind the scene where Edward Furlong kills a guy with a mozzie zapper. 
Like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's so th- much badness in that movie, man. <laughs> it's oh, terrible. Boy. I feel like, um, yeah, shit, I'm gonna have to watch all these films again before this uh, episode because, <laughs> um, and it's gonna hurt. I know it's gonna hurt. See, City of Angels is actually like, yeah, City of Angels could have been so good, and I actually don't mind it. I think, yeah, it it's not too bad, and even Salvation's got its moments. Yeah. But, um, and again, both of those films beautifully matched with a great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to getting into discussion about all that stuff for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we can just devote the entire episode to it. Like, cause it's yeah, like, 100%. Know, we could do the, the comic, the soundtrack, all yeah, the movies. Yeah, totally. Touch do. on the TV series briefly. Totally. Well, you can you can take the reins on the TV series for sure. But, um, man, the, the, the fucking... Um, yeah, before we wrap up, I was going to say, um, I haven't seen Morbius yet. Have you? I haven't seen it yet either. I might try and get to it this weekend, yeah. possibly, because I'm, I'm completely at a loose end this week because it's like um, I've got one person working nights all week. I've got one person in hospital. She's okay. Yeah. And then... <laughs> One of my other partners has got COVID. She just found out today. Oh, good times. Yeah, she was supposed to go away on holidays and she just found out she's got COVID. So, Lulu, if you're there, I hope you're feeling better, babe. And um, Get better, buddy. If you need ice cream or anything, I will get it Ubered over to you. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I'm just like like messaging her this morning. I'm like, oh, babe, if you need anything, like just just say so. I'll like you know, <laughs> I'll get you ice cream and I'll send it over in an Uber. And, like, nice. I'll send over some movies, and she's like, nice. I'm actually not that sick, but I'm just like, you've got COVID. I I, I I've got to like do the caregiver mode thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> got to do the um, good guy thing, and you know, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, I'm I'm definitely keen to see Morbius. Um, oh, I man, think, so am I. I don't care about the reviews. I've seen some shocking reviews for oh, it, dude. Yeah, I but, just, I feel like everyone just what like I feel like the internet just hates Jared Leto. I feel I'm like the same way, man. Is it because he's nearly fifty? Looks like he's twenty five. Yeah, can you know has a great band? Is a really great actor? Is ridiculously attractive. And um, also can direct like he directs all of Thirty Seconds to Mars's music videos, which are fucking gorgeous. Exactly. If anyone's ever seen them, it's yeah, like, I mean, are you guys all like just hating on this guy because he's awesome or what? Yeah, like, I, I feel I feel the same way too. It's a very classic case of tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, I agree with all, all the points that you said. Like he is, yeah, he's the director's dream. He's yeah. just such a I, I don't know, just such a methodical actor. He really commits to his role so well. I mean, you know, seeing him put on all that weight to play Mark Chapman, um, you know, I, oh, I, dude, I haven't seen right. that film, but, you know, seeing those images just blew yeah. my mind, right? And seeing what he looks like today, it's like, I mean, he's a he's a picture of perfection, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but, like, I, I, I talked to a random person yesterday that, that said they loved Morbius. They said it was a brilliant film. So, well, man, the way I look at it is like I have wanted to see a Morbius movie since 1992, since I yeah. read the first issue from Rise of the Midnight Suns. I fell in love with that character, which um, I still don't have yet. Uh, yet, I'm I'm so gonna find you like a copy for Christmas. I, <laughs> dude, just just 
send me the link and I'll get it. I, <laughs> I, I can get it now. King's Comics have it, and I, I am tempted, but I'm just like, I'm just waiting for the Morbius buzz to die down a little bit. And... I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of comic groups where I could find one, like you know, yeah, for non non stupid money. But I've I've wanted to see this movie since like then, and it's like yeah, you've, you've made this movie with one of my favorite actors and probably one of my favorite humans is yeah. the lead. Like yeah, how am I not going to show up and enjoy this? Like unless exactly. they fuck it up on like some sort of Titanic level. There's no way I'm going to go into this and walk out of it hating it. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. And like I said, it just feels like everyone fucking hates on Jared. Like, no matter what the guy does, it's like, oh, fucking Jared Leto's playing the Joker. Oh, Jared Leto's in this movie. Fucking avoid it. Oh, he sucked in Blade Runner. Like, I'm, I'm all guys. Cu- yeah, he's I, fucking bad. I'm all kinds of curious how, how apparently they fuck it up. And look, I, I'll openly say what my feelings are when I finally see it. But dude, I, I, I don't know from the trailers alone and the, the story outline, I think it, it looks good on paper, dude. Like, yeah, man, I'm kind of like, look, I I've liked the look of the trailers. I've liked, you know, um, the store, the story points I've heard sound cool. Um, look, if it sucks, I'll say so. I'm yeah. pretty sure it'll be like, well, Jared Leto is great, but unfortunately the movie's a fucking hot mess. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it may fall victim to that. Like, um, uh, I, I'm curious to see more so the, the villains of the film. Like, yeah. Which can also can always be the, the part that fucks the film up. Um, you know, if you don't have a good bad guy, uh, especially someone that's non-comic related. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I know they've got like I know Simon Stroud is in there. Um, I don't cool. know how big a part he plays. Um, and I know Matt Smith is a bad guy in it as well. And I know his character is based off a character from the comics, but they've changed the name. I mean, there was a little bit of excitement and buzz in the rumor mill about Blade having a supposed cameo like his voice or something like that yeah. in, in the film. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, obviously there's the Michael Keaton cameo in there as well. Yeah. Which we um, all saw from the trailers. So Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if it's a case of the trailer is better than the actual film or vice versa, I don't know. We'll wait and see, I guess. But um, I was, man, I was hell excited this week when I saw that little, um, that little piece of footage from the Wesley Snipes Blade film. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you hadn't seen that before. Like, yeah, Well, I, I, I maybe have, but I forgot about it. Well, see, I saw that um, before before we wrap things up. I saw that because uh, I didn't have – when it came out on Blu-ray and DVD and all that sort of stuff, or v, VHS and DVD, I didn't have a Blu-ray player. And I had a friend who was uh, camera op on the first film I ever made. Um and he had DVD player because he was like full on tech head and yeah. he got Blade on DVD and he was like, oh, you got to come over one night. And I was totally interested in his sister. So I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. um, <laughs> um, but uh, he's like, oh yeah, I've got Blade on DVD and you should come over and check out like, you know, there's a making of and there's all these deleted scenes. And I was just like, what the fuck? There's stuff from Blade I haven't seen because I love that movie to death. Yeah, great movie. Um, like I, I saw that with four times at the cinema. I was obsessed with it. Um, so yeah, I went over, I watched it 
and you know he's like you know we're talking he's like oh you're into the comics who's that guy on the rooftop in the alternate ending and i'm like fuck me man i don't know like who is that meant to be and i'm like is it meant to be morbius and i'm like no well it's daytime it couldn't be morbius like yeah morbius couldn't be out in the daytime maybe it's like frank drake from night stalkers or hannibal king or maybe it's like fucking i don't know like yeah what the fuck um, so I didn't know who it was for years and years and years until I finally got my own copy of Blade on, it was either DVD or Blue, and listened to like commentary and stuff like mm. that. And yeah, it's meant to be Morbius. And I love that. And I love the fact that it's the look of the Midnight Suns Morbius as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, apparently it was actually uh, Stephen Norrington, the director of Blade, that was in the getup like, for that shot. So cool. I um I, I I absolutely love that little that little nugget of um Easter egg like and the the fact that they didn't commit to the sequel for that I um yeah that hurt. yeah well I mean that's what like, what, what we're talking about today um on Messenger Man like I really feel like you can see all of the DNA of what they were gonna do with Morbius in the sequel with yeah. Nomak and the Reapers because it's like okay, so Morbius is basically a genetically created vampire. Then you get to the sequel and you've got all these vampires that have been genetically altered, you know, and mutated and stuff like that through all these experiments that, you know, all the vampire nation are doing and everything. And it's like, you can kind of see like part of the path that they might've been going on. Like would Blade and Morbius have teamed up to take on the Reapers? Like would the Reapers have been basically Morbius's children? Like, victims of his that had mutated further or something like Mm, that yeah you know i guess we'll never know but like i feel like you can really see you know parts of where they might have gone with it in blade 2 and i mean i fucking love blade 2 it's probably my favorite of the whole trilogy Guillermo del toro so i'm just like yes those films rule yeah um yeah i love that little nugget man it was it was cool and um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it I'm I'm looking forward to Morbius, so, and even the new Blade. I'm looking forward to that too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm keen to see keen keen to see where they go with stuff. So yeah, definitely. So you're at uh, you're at Supernova this weekend, yeah? I am. Oh my god, I'm I'm kind of excited, and yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in Artist Alley this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'll have a table there, and um. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people come along and visit and buy some stuff. And, oh, uh, man, if it wasn't at the Gold Coast, I'd be there. Yeah, and, um, yeah, like, you know, it'll be cool. And and I get to do a panel as well. Oh, um, nice. 10.30 kickoff, and, um, yeah, I'll be first cab off the rank. So uh, before I go to my stall, I get to do a talk and, uh, hope you know, hopefully some people come and check it out. They should. You, I mean, that's that's a cool thing. There, it's like you can set the tone for the entire day. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I'm hoping for. No so. pressure. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, what can possibly go wrong? But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not there, so you don't have to worry about not swearing. <laughs> Maybe I'll just have to represent and drop some f bombs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it should be good, man. Supernova is always a good time. Um, they got a good. Uh, guest list this time. Tamura Morrison's going to be there, Boba Fett. Um, oh, rad. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. that but, so rad. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But um, 
yeah, it, it would just be good to be in, you know, my natural habitat, having some fun. I feel like you've got to walk up to Tamora Morrison and give him some eggs. Yeah, I feel like that too. <laughs> I think I will. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. That's that's something I've always wanted to do. Um, and, you know, while I'm doing it, pray that he has a sense of humor. <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> now, he's great. I, I, I love Tamora Morrison. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, man, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So, Supernova is a good time, man. Like, yeah, there's just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it for sure. But um, absolutely. Yeah, this weekend should be fun. So, um, but yeah, man, dude, this episode's, uh, fuck me, this is an epic episode. Yeah, I feel like this is the longest we've ever gone. And, and I blame the music. Um, 148. <laughs> if anyone makes it with us to the end of this episode, I salute you. <laughs> if anyone makes it to the end of this episode, Tell us what we said at the final thing, and I will send you a graphic novel. I have a copy of Thanos Wins as a hardcover that we were going to do as a giveaway at some point. So if you make it to the end of this episode, I will send you that. I love that. That's a great That's a great incentive. That's a great But the thing is, they actually have to listen to the end of the fucking episode to find out that they could win something. <laughs> yeah which is which is what i feel like we should probably let people know before like when we're promoting this episode it's like you know we actually do do a giveaway at the end yeah um that's a great idea dude i think that's great and um i'm yeah i'm I'm all kinds of excited and uh man this has been a good episode fuck we've covered some ground on this one yeah man yeah yeah yeah. so i feel like we should have packed a lunch yeah, we should have. But, uh, you know, boys and girls, I, we, what have we learned? We've learned Stabbing Westwood, still got it. Brightburn, fucking rules. Industrials, whatever you want it to be. Exactly. Um, we're not sure about the Crow remake, but we are looking forward to Morbius. Yeah, we're on the fence. And, yeah, dude, it's um, it's been a good time. It's been it a freaky. It's been a very freaky Friday. You know what it has? A freaky long episode. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always get, you know, every time before we start to record this episode, I always get the freak out song stuck in my head. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I always thought it would be the theme for Freakazoid, but you yeah, know. that's cool. I dig that. My brain is a weird place. I love, I love uh, the power of the mind is good. <laughs> yeah. On that note, Jake, as always, it's an absolute pleasure, man. Always, buddy. Always. And yeah. we'll talk uh, tomorrow morning. Hell yeah. For Rad. Rad! <laughs> All right, man. Talk soon. Hey, bro. Talk soon. Peace. Peace. And that, my friends, was an epic two-hour-long episode three of Freaky Friday. Hope you all enjoyed it as much as we obviously love talking on it. Uh, It was one for the ages, that's for sure. Um, Like Jake said, if you've made it to the end of this episode, let us know on our Facebook page or uh, on Jake Reedy's Instagram. And uh, or let us know on the Freak Productions uh, Facebook as well, man. And you'll win a prize. Graphic novel, straight from the archives. Pretty cool, right? Hoping to do some more giveaways soon, so uh, if you haven't done it already, hit the subscribe button. It's the rad thing to do. And uh, hope you've got enough energy to hang out with us tomorrow morning. 
we have another episode of Rad for you, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, strap in and let's uh, do some windmills. It's a very metal episode. Till then, keep it freaky, friends. This is your pal Jesse signing off, saying keep it freaky. Keep it very freaky.